All right, well, let's start episode 158. My name's Tim, here with Dan. Hello, Hello. sir. Here Hello. with Derek, and he's got some kind of background that's going to offend some people out there. No, don't do not Don't do that. Don't, 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 do that. Do it. don't do it. Don't do that. Don't and do Jeff it. is here as well. What's up? Hello. Hello. I have nothing to fondle behind me. Mm. Yeah, people, a whole bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh if you're just listening make, remember that we are on youtube and you can also uh watch the video version on spotify um ah. also check out our current cinema podcast i forgot to shout that out last time i think but jeff is continuing Terrible to turn host. out some episodes and uh i enjoy those conversations so go check those out um make sure you listen to that subscribe to that youtube or wherever you listen thanks man so far it's just kyle and i uh obviously everybody here is free to jump on whatever they want um, and I might have some of my movie-loving friends from various circles um, join at some point as well. Yeah, float out what you're thinking for some of the topics. There are certain movie topics where I can totally nerd out, and I'm right there with you in my knowledge mm -hmm. base. Certain movie topics, I can't. So it depends on what the topic is and what the the IP is. But there, there are times that I can, yeah. Yeah, I can, I can nerd come out on and tell you how I'm too scared to watch screen movies. But I'm very intrigued <laughs> by their plots. Yeah, that's fair. And that's interesting because those are like the meta comedy, borderline comedy movies, you know? Like yeah. the, those aren't really. They're still so freaking tense. So I remember when I watched the first one, I was like, I can't do this. I got to go. Oh, wow. <laughs> and go. also, don't forget to check out Dapper Chocobo as Dan's streams on Twitch. Dan, what's what can people look forward to in the coming days weeks what do you have in, on tap um they can look forward to the underscore between dapper and chocobo tim that's what they can look forward to okay <laughs> other than i'm looking forward to that what would you actually you can't type in dapper chocobo and i think he'll find me but that, i'm just that's how honest. i found you but um, what else? <laughs> um so i'm gonna finish a super mario rpg on the next stream so that should be the finale nice. um but i i basically had put a uh, legend of dragoon on hold because uh that came out on ps4 ps5 so i wanted to like do that with trophies so i wanted to like replay that with trophies um, but like, I'm just doing a bunch of things. Like I'm technically still going through the original final fantasy seven. I haven't actually like finished that on stream. Um, I'm going to do the resident evil four demo on my next stream. Cause I'll probably finish super Mario G uh, RPG before I finish that stream. And that demo is really short, I believe. Yeah, it's oh, it's like, very it took short. me 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah. So I'll just pop that in like at the end, just kind of like, as I'm like finishing and you know but it's it's a pretty calm demo until the final section obviously so like yeah, yeah. you could take time to like chat with your yeah. viewers and that kind of like you don't have to fly through it if you sure. as if you were playing it solo exactly um, and you can stop and look how pretty it is that, that's a pretty pretty opening section there man that's a, and we'll but i bet the that. rain is pretty gross and and everyone's angry right <laughs> probably anger inducing so yeah. i whenever people say someone's angry about it i'm like yeah most likely someone's angry about this um <laughs> What can you do? Sure. People get angry about is that. Is that a Sonic joke or is that like a real thing? No, no, no. In Resident Evil 4, yeah, when they first like showed like uh, the rain in 4, yeah, like the previews or whatever, people were like furious about like the way there's like sort of like a white sheen to it. And it's like, well, yeah, light's going to reflect off rain sometimes. Like, wow. you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. That was the thing. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, like, that's how humans. Yeah, if I'm yes. remembering correctly, which I just played it today, I think they have a setting where you can. I'm playing on PC where you can adjust the rain like quality. Yeah. And I put it on high. 
and I thought it looked good on all the still pitchers on every level, so I don't know why that was a thing. What's really cool about this, and more games should do, you know, we'll talk about when we talk about the demos, but they, they have some settings with little screenshots of what it will do to the way it looks when you change That's, those settings. And it shows you Every much... game needs to do that, because I'm like, I don't know what this thing is, and they'll show me what that's going to oh, look like. Oh, like a pre- and, yeah, yeah. It gives you, like, yeah, a and it preview, also shows you how much, really like, cool crap it puts on your like system yeah it tells you the ram that's being used yep, for yep, your yep, yep. red dead process. 2 did that yeah i, I mean the, like that, to the me that's corner. to me those yeah. are accessibility options i need as a non-pc pro yeah, I, yeah. Me i didn't know how much ram it's taken up yeah <laughs> yeah I've, I've no, i'm like i just have to crap shoot and guess and then when everything starts getting real hot and slowing down i'm like oh i guess that was too much okay got it yeah <laughs> got it um yeah i anyway. think that's really uh helpful and uh appreciated well, you know, since that is kind of one of the new things that's out, let's talk about that. We already kind of started talking about the Resident Evil 4 demo. Did you guys all try it out? I played through it um, yesterday. And, and Derek, you said you played it. And Dan, yeah. you're going to play it on stream. So Jeff, did you play it? No, I did okay. not. Not yet. Uh, it's downloaded and installed. So. Okay. Yeah, it's... Nothing uh, special. I mean, It's really brief. If you've played the game before, you you pick up from where you kind of get control of your character sort of, and then um, just go through that village section that, and, and it's called the chainsaw demo. So yes, which, which is iconic, right? And includes a chainsaw. Um, and then, and then it ends after that. So I have to say, and I just played resident evil four, probably three years ago. Yeah. I think I beat it on the 360. Okay. Um, this had in that area, which uh, I have played that beginning of Resident Evil 4 probably like 10 times. This felt like Resident Evil 7, obviously in third person instead of first person. Like the whole setting, mm. and they absolutely like nailed the lighting. It's way mm. more creepier. There's subtle changes that you can tell they're going, this game wasn't originally that scary. So let's make this a little bit more scary like we've been doing with resident evil 7 and village like it's still gonna have all the action uh leon's doing his little roundhouse kicks and stuff like that but he literally but, breaks a dude's neck by roundhouse kicking him into the wall it's awesome yeah. <laughs> love it yeah love it but it it has like a darker tone so far to me um, i i actually got more of a village vibe especially in that final encounter yeah. which plays a lot like if you played village there's an opening section where you are getting swarmed and it's just like this is impossible what in the world is happening then you realize like oh it's just it's just a survive for x number of minutes until the game kind of triggers and right. then, and this has that same vibe i did play at least that part of village yes yeah <laughs> so to me it was reminding me of that with kind of the rundown houses and just i don't know there, but yeah i see the seven connection too it feels like a modern resident evil game it feels it like, has like a griminess to it right because like seven seven was almost kind of like a little more grimy not that like eight was clean not that the village was like pristine and clean but well, I don't know. Seven village, had, like, the village struck me as more foresty and seven struck yeah, yeah. me as like more bayou, like swampy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this one felt a lot more foresty. That's kind of why I, I was talking it. more like the creepiness and darkness yeah. level. Okay. Not like the actual, like, yeah, it's In more like eight. Yeah. yeah. But as far as like how dark it was and how like the tone they were setting, it felt really really creepy whereas i don't remember i remember the first time i played four i'm talking i was probably a teenager when it first came out maybe a little bit older i remember being a little spooked out but that game was never scary the original trilogy was way more scary to me than this one um and i i just feel like 
from the demo a little glimpse of it. I'm like, oh, I can see they're definitely making necessary changes to make this a little bit darker and a little yeah. bit creepier than the original release. Yeah, I do is, remember. I think that. a good thing. I I liked four the most because I never was into Resident Evil, so I understand what you're saying from your point of view as a major Resident Evil fan. I actually don't want them to lean too far into the over over creepy side of things because that never appealed to me about these games. I get it if it does. That's totally fair. I liked the run and gun action. Yeah, give me the monsters and the, I like the blood splatter, but like I liked the feeling of feeling powerful, not powerless, and desperate to survive and like looking for ammo. Four gave made me feel powerful, and yeah, the other ones um, made me feel powerless. So I like four, that. four, five, and six are definitely like mir- like mirrored opposites of uh one, th- two, and three. I so. agree with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like quite and different. That's, that's that's personal preference. Like I prefer yeah, yeah. when a game allows me to feel like I'm powerful <laughs> when I'm playing the game. I don't like to feel always out of ammo, always running for my life. <clears throat> well, Somebody, I mean, in like the demo, uh, yeah, they give you a lot of ammo, but they also give you way more enemies than you have ammo. Mm. And in the opening, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm talking about the chainsaw area, and then the chainsaw guys, you can like stagger them but that takes a lot of bullets and usually by the time you stagger them there's 12 guys around you so it's a lot of running and like just trying to survive what i like that they're adding in this one there's like the dodge mechanic now right and then you can you can catch the chainsaw with it like your hand which is insane it'll it'll bust your knife you you can only do that like once or twice Ah, before your knife is busted and then you get no more parries with that i'm sure you can upgrade it i'm guessing you'll have upgrades and stuff like that but but dodging is not like I like the dodge thing because they do throw they'll throw their freaking pitchforks at you and I shit, didn't like... dodge. Maybe they didn't tell me a prompt for dodge. Maybe I just didn't oh, know okay. there was a dodge. Um, yeah, I think yeah. it's L one. Okay. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it looked really good. I thought uh, it's it so funny really to me good. that like you know, Leon just used it like what does it say? It's like six years after Resident Evil Two. Is that right? Timeline wise. Yeah. Six? Is it six? So. Ago? So he's been around the block, right? Like he has seen some crazy yes. stuff and some crazy mm-hmm. monsters, and he should he should have his radar up when things aren't good. And yet he goes into this creepy village in the middle of nowhere, and he walks in the house, and there's a dude staring at him with blood red eyes who just kind of like shuffles off, and he's like, <laughs> "Oh, sorry to barge in, sir." And it's like, dude, this guy's obviously not normal. Stop talking to him, <laughs> turning your back to him like he's normal. But you know, that's maybe way. he just thinks he has red contacts in. I mean, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe the guy like shuffles over and like kneels down by the fire. And I then mean, technically, Leon is a blonde, so we can give him a pass. <laughs> what is what is that? What is that supposed to mean? What is that supposed to mean? I'll let you figure it out. <laughs> okay, Florida man. <laughs> um, it's exactly what I expected. It is a really pretty and just much more engaging version of the game that i remember playing and loving so i'm looking are you buying it who's buying it? i already pre-ordered it for pc yeah Yeah, i have it um yeah i have it paid you're doing ps5 (laughs) yeah so i got it i would be doing it on ps5 as well i don't know what else is is it next week or the week after it's the week uh, after. Two weeks. All right. I'm just making sure I have enough time for um, Bayonetta okay. Origins and oh, WWE. Okay. And, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, so um, the CD keys had it for a pretty good discount for a pre-order. Yeah, so that's like, like 42 that. is what I paid for or something like that. And I was able – I mean, I've got a very very much a mid, low-mid rig um, on my, for my PC, and yet I was still able to run it at medium to high settings, depending on the setting. Um, obviously, I couldn't turn on ray tracing, so I understand that's a drawback for a lot of folks. It doesn't bother me as much, but I understand. Um, but I was hitting 
and I run 1440p, and I was hitting just under 60 frames per second. I was in the 50s while playing, while active, while running around. So I felt I like I don't it, think I, I know felt with it Resident Evil smooth and looked really good. So I'm I'm ha- if it runs if the full game runs that way, I'm gonna be very happy with that. Personally. Well, Resident Evil Village had terrible ray tracing, so I, unless they've improved it, ray tracing is kind of pointless. I went ahead and maxed everything out. I turned ray tracing on and maxed everything out, and I was still running at 90 frames per second. I, Must, it's optimized really well. Butter. The only thing I did turn on was the, um, I'm forgetting it now, FSR, which is basically AMD's equivalent to um, NVIDIA's yeah, DLSS. Wow. Okay. So I turned option one. I think they have two options. I think. The second option is for their higher-end AMD cards. I don't know. I didn't do research. I just picked one, and I put it on quality, and I felt Wait, like it looked You can use that without an AMD card? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I use it on any any game that's AMD exclusive. You can still use it on NVIDIA. It just apparently doesn't run it as good. I don't know oh, what the issue is. Yeah, what I liked about that, I mentioned this earlier, what I liked about all those settings was it would show you like, hey, if you set it for performance, here's like they have an example of like some boxes of ammo sitting on a couple of planks of wood just so you can kind of see the detail. And then it will kind of go a little more grainy. Maybe one of the bullets disappears. Like it just depends on what setting you have with how detailed it'll be. Um, And I thought that was really cool. They do that for a whole bunch of the different settings where you can, as you check each one on or off, you can kind of see the difference. Even with like ray that. tracing, it was showing you like water, it's going to either look like this or like this, and you can kind of pick on or off. And then while you're doing that, like like was mentioned earlier, um, you know, it shows you how much memory is being used. So I think that's a cool feature. I think that's very cool. Yeah. It's very inclusive. Thanks, very Capcom. <laughs> I actually got the digital deluxe edition for 51. That's what I bought. Yeah, that comes with some pretty cool stuff. You get some stuff in game right as well as like a soundtrack or something like that yeah i went all in on this game so i know i mean i shouldn't say i know but the last few resident evils once i start them i just play them back to back to back like i play them like three times in a row yeah i always get my money's worth now this one Correct me if I'm wrong. You guys know Resident Evil way more than I do, but I just remember this not being a short game. Like it's RE4, not, it's not. No, yeah, I probably game. will not play this one back to back to back. It, okay. it might, I might do back to back, but so I remember you guys talking about RE3 enjoy... and how quick that game is compared to four. Well, was also, like a also game three, the three remake, they really um, unfortunately cut short. corners, which is a bummer. That's what it um, was. Okay, okay. which, which kind of sucks because all really... of them are short except four and. Four is actually so the first half of the game to me is probably one of the best horror games ever. It's the second half that I didn't like. Second so half, I don't even. That's uh, that's why I don't even know if I'll like. I'm I'm hyped for this game, but I'm not hyped for it like maybe like Dan or something like that because I'm like oh I'll lo- I'll love the first half, but the second half can go. Either. I um, I definitely remember the first half better, but I I remember i definitely remember like the second half is quite different and it does like it does do a whole bunch of different things like it goes to a whole bunch of different weird places and and, and it that just gets stupid to me that krauser uh, krauser or whatever his name is shows up um but although they showed a snippet of that like and the fight now looks like way more like dynamic and like interesting than it was in the yeah. original one so that looks yeah, more uh, that boss battle was terrible in the original one. right yeah <laughs> so 
So yeah, we'll I'm, see. I know they're. Making, I don't remember that specifically. I to know if I like good. the first, second, third act, first half, second half. Like I can't yeah. remember that. I just remember thinking, this is one of my favorite games of that generation. That's all I remember, and yeah. I enjoyed it. And I I remember like clips of it in my head. I kind of have like memories of like moments and gameplay and stuff. But this will feel like a brand new experience to me, even Did though you I ever remember. Play Resident Evil Five? No. Hmm. Then you would like Five. Five's more action than Four. But it has some cool settings too. Five's really good. I know it got crapped on by a lot of people, but it's a really fun, really. That fun was one game. of my first platinums actually that I ever got. I loved it. I liked it. I'm surprised um, you haven't tried to play that. You should play it on PC. I, four, I it's, four. It's probably super cheap right now, right? On the yeah. sale. Oh, probably. Sale? Um, I was gonna say four was uh, probably the first Resident Evil where they really kind of like pushed like replaying the game and kind of like at having to like. You know, you you go back through and you have your stuff and you're you're building and building upon the upgrades and everything. Like, mm. I think four was really the first one that kind of like made that like a prevalent thing. It's like, mm. yeah, go back around, bring your guns back, up, keep upgrading them, like keep doing your thing. What are you That's, buying? What are you selling? I mean, to me, he's still the best character. Hello, stranger. It's uh, it's five bucks right now. Oh, well, it's, it's really good. That's very expensive. <laughs> I mean, so, there's. Typical Resident that. Evil cheese, but it's it's a fun Resident Evil game. Like I loved it. Resident Evil but Five came out 14 years ago. But it's really heavy on action. So you described Resident Evil that you said you liked the action more like. than horror. It's really hey, how's the Untold action. Stories DLC? Is that any good? I didn't even know there was DLC. It does a gold <laughs> I, edition I for 750. It's yeah. worth it. It's worth it. Um, it five. has more like story, like there's some mm. plot holes in the story. Oh, wait, now I, I remember. Yep, yep, yep. Sure. Yeah, I remember it's now. Um, five, the ending of five is the culmination, mm. guys. The culmination mm. of a certain character in the series. So. Oh my gosh, it's three bucks on CD keys. This resonates. Oh my god, <laughs> you saved a whole two dollars, man. Now you can afford it. Nice. Now I'll get it. Okay, <laughs> now you can I'll feed always. a couple more kids now. <laughs> Um, more kids. No, no more kids. No more kids. <laughs> I personally like six, but I am one of the very few. You were the one guy. You were the one guy who likes it. <laughs> I like Leon's part because Leon's felt the most. Leon's was evil awesome part. Like you know, and the rest were okay yeah. for a lot of people, but for me, I liked a lot because Chris Redfield's is basically pure action. Right. Like, yeah. It's all action. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I'm I'm glad I've got two more weeks until RE4 comes out because I am gonna play that game. I'm very excited for it. But I've got a good chunk of Hogwarts Legacy left. Oh, I shouldn't say a good chunk. I'm I'm getting towards the end. I'm trying to take my time because I kind of don't want it to end. It's one of those open world games that you're just having so much fun with. But also, it'll feel good to like, hey, I've completed close this. the books. Yeah. Close the book. And I'm, but I've really enjoyed it so much. Um, and then playing Octopath One. I'd like to play Octopath Two, but you know, I'm not in a hurry necessarily to. I feel like once I'm done with one, maybe I want to break from that type of game for a little while. I would come back you to. would. Um, but I'm having a blast with one. We'll talk about those later. Um, the reason I say that is because I, I, there's yet another game that just got a demo released. And Jeff's the one who highlighted, hey, this demo's available. So I thought I'd download it and try it. Well, now I'm intrigued by this game. And this uh, Bayonetta Origins, Cereza uh, and the Lost Demon Jeff, did you? How much of this did you play for this? Game? I didn't. I didn't finish it, but my understanding is that it's like an hour or something, an hour and a half. It's just two chapters, I think. Okay. 
Uh, and well, the I'm, progress does carry over. I'm well I in chapter two, and it hasn't ended yet. Um, but yeah, yeah, it keeps it keeps going in chapter two. I'm like, oh, this is much longer than the first chapter. Uh, so, yeah. do you guys like it? Yeah, what do you I think about it? So far, it. How would you describe it to someone? It's not Bayonetta. That's how I would I would not describe it as Bayonetta. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely more like a narrative, uh, kind of top down, more like tilted camera. It's like uh, isometric view. Third, yeah, isometric. There we go. Uh, perspective. Um, and it's more narrative driven and yes the literal there, narrator yes there is <laughs> like throughout the whole thing it's it's more story it's literally storybook cuz yes. cuz they will okay. have pages come in the screen and you got to turn the page and stuff like that it's like is watercolor almost, like watercolor comes in yeah exactly oh, okay. like lost words beyond the page a little bit in that yep. regard but not so much you're not just the style on, some of the some of the visual style, style yes yeah, so the visual style is very unique in that it's so different from uh, the Bayonetta games, but it is uh, it is a story very grounded and rooted in the Bayonetta world uh, that that I'm intrigued by. I'm intrigued by the story so far, and I, I but I do feel like they're the language that they use is catering to younger audiences, so some of that mm-hmm. might feel a little too hokey or corny to me sometimes. What it's much like, it's much mean? less of a like demons versus angels kind of really dark story like the bayonetta games are it's much more of a dark fairy tale now it's it's like it almost looks like a story that they would tell within a harry potter like the deathly hallows story like it's one of those kind of dark harry fairy potter. tales that's not like it's not horror it's a little creepy but a kid could watch it like it's almost like a tim burton-esque fairy tale you know pretty much dark. pretty much huh. yeah but like the main combat i guess you could say um yes they're gonna you're gonna stumble upon enemies and have to defeat them using a the demon that you have with you, with you the titular lost demon um the demon ends up taking over your stuffed animal that you have with you and it's uh it's cool you can like summon it and then retract it back in your stuffed animal so you can like carry it with you instead of having this enormous demon running around um but you would summon him with certain obstacles like there are sometimes there are roots that you have to use the demon to claw through um to get across and then there are points where you do have to control two different people using different joysticks kind of like kind of like brothers or that other game that just came out that i didn't really care for i can't yeah. remember the name of it i now. thought of brothers right away when i got yeah, that. yeah yeah you immediately had to had to do that like right away I, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a staple of the game like i don't think you're going to be doing it a lot considering you have to summon the demon back into your stuffed animal and continue walking the fact that there's a stuffed animal should tell you the audience that this game is meant for like it's yeah it's all ages it's not and she's not she's not old yeah. enough to, to like be the bayonetta we know who's like full of sexual innuendo and teasing sure. everybody she's like like lower like middle school age she's like 12 or something or t- 11 say, she younger? she's yeah. younger um she can barely use magic barely yeah yeah, and she so she's much younger she gets scared of a lot of things you know she's got her stuffy with her that's that like helps her to stay feel safe or whatever mm-hmm. and like jeff said she she tries to summon a demon doesn't know how to do the spell completely screws it up the demon's now kind of stuck and then ends up having to possess her animal in order to kind of like have some kind of control mm. and then he is mad at her and tries to attack her can't because she's the one who summoned him right so like his paw like his claws stop right when it gets to her he can't attack her like he wants to he tries to get away and realizes he's going to lose his power and die if he gets too far away from her since she's the one who summoned him. So, like, they're kind of stuck together. He's the reluctant mm-hmm. kind of yeah. demon who's got to... Because she's like, I'm going to find a way to get you back where you yeah. came from. So that's kind of the story. She's, different... she's trying to find a way to, to save her mom. Who, if yeah, you know, yeah. Like she, she, games, her mom's in she had, like, a very vivid dream that was telling her to go somewhere into the forest. 
which of course at her age her mentor is telling her you're not supposed to go into the forest you're not powerful enough to endure uh all the enemies that are there and stuff so like that's the purpose of her journey to begin with is to go find follow whatever the verbiage was from the dream to save her mom so so that could help her save her mom yeah yeah um so it's an interesting hook for sure and and the gameplay is just it, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's a Derek game. Uh, I'm gonna say that. Uh, I would sure. recommend waiting for reviews. Maybe watch some more gameplay to get a sense of if you want to play it or not. But I just don't think it is. The uh, way that you control Cereza, who think, does I magic, I, I would dig it. Yeah, like she does these like summoning spells where she can tie things down with roots or like um, she. If you can hit this pattern correctly, yeah. you can like explore like plants or create yeah. bridges or whatever. So hers is more environmental and crowd control. Mm-hmm. And that's even during battles. You can tie down enemies while the demon's attacking. So you're using the right stick and right trigger to attack and move around with him. Left stick and left trigger to do magic kind of crowd control with her. So it's really yeah. creative. It but it certainly leans more, in my opinion, so far. And Jeff, tell me what you think. I think it's much more of a puzzle adventure with yes. some fighting and action in it. Very much so. I fought... Uh... So like I'm, I didn't finish like a whole hour or whatever yet, but I fought like two enemies 45 minutes in. So I think I'm like 40, 45 minutes in. Okay. And I fought like two enemies. So like you're not going to fight a lot, at least so far. It's not a combat. It, it might open up more game but, yeah. like the Bayonetta series. And it's pretty linear. Like even the yeah. map you can see yeah. looks like a long skinny string up this map. Like you're just following yeah. a path. I don't even know why they put a map, honestly. It's <laughs> I don't either. Thanks, yeah. I guess, but yeah. clearly going in one direction here. Yeah, there doesn't <laughs> seem to be a whole... Maybe there will be later. Not a whole lot of areas maybe. that you can't reach that you have to come back to. Maybe they will have that. Yeah, maybe it opens up after, like, a prologue or something. It might. It might. We'll um, see. It's intriguing. I'll tell yeah. you what's not intriguing, though, about this is the $60 price tag. So this game... Oh, that hurts. This that game hurts. looks and feels like a really high-quality indie game. Yes. Like a really fun, like $40 spinoff, maybe 30 right. even. But like right. the fact that it's at $59.99, I was like, oof, I, I don't think so just So yet. yeah, I agree with you then. Not for me day one. I already got the deluxe version of WWE uh, because it, if you get deluxe, it comes out three days earlier. So uh, that was obviously more than full price game. It was like $100. <laughs> um so uh does it come with the wrestler who comes to live at your house now delivers it to my (laughs) let me tell you something about video games dude uh it's one of the fired wrestlers from wwe he needs a place to live (laughs) so i just can't imagine myself (laughs) paying full price for a a, especially a game that feels so much smaller uh feels like it was made like by a double a studio i mean the only way i would buy it day one is if i'm gonna uh i think there was another game that i wanted to get on that nintendo where you save $10. Yeah. yeah. But again, that would mean I would have to like the demo. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like, it's funny because we're, we're talking about buying games. It's, it, I got so used to getting games like one or two a week that these last couple weeks I've been like, what's coming out? Where, where's something to buy? Cause I'm so <laughs> used to buying something. Um, but I don't think I would buy this right now unless it gets stellar reviews and i like the demo um like it's one of those where like oh i i want to experience this i want to talk about it on the podcast because right now i'm very content with everything i have i still haven't finished harry potter we're obviously going to talk about octopath i'm clearly still really really invested in that so there's still plenty of stuff and then resident evil's right around the corner and 
I doubt I'll play it right away, but then you have The Last of Us as well. Yep. Oh, yeah. right. PC. On PC. Yeah. PC. yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think this is definitely worth a shot as a demo. Um, it's not quite pretty enough or big enough of a game for me to be like 60 bucks, 100%. This is totally worth 60 day bucks. Day one, 60 bucks. Gotta yeah. have it day one. But it is very That's... charming and absolutely worth a look. I don't think we, talking as like grown men talking about games, we are not the target audience as far as I can tell, like for the but style and the storytelling. To me, that was what when you guys were talking. I, I could about be wrong. It, it just doesn't. I'm not I'm saying like we are. I'm not saying adults couldn't like it. I'm saying yeah. Bayonetta games, over the top adult entertainment is not for children. So to have like an origin story where I understand she's younger and stuff, but I would still want her to be like maybe start out as a sweet, innocent kid, but I'd love her to grow into like a wise ass witch. Yeah. Um, so I would want it to be more um, yeah. adult. I haven't seen weird. the way it looks like in action or anything, but like I remember seeing like that, I think it was on Nintendo Direct, right? When they first showed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's gameplay out there. And the way you guys are describing it, it almost sort of reminds me of, did you ever play uh, Child of Light? That, yes. that uh, Ubisoft game, no. yeah. So it almost kind of reminds me of that a yeah. little bit, and that that like has that kind of like almost like storybook sort of that does. vibe to it. And like that was actually really liked that game. I thought it was really good. It was actually kind of the story was pretty sad and somber. You know, if the actual gameplay visuals had something more striking like that, I might be more likely to be like, I got to go all in. Like these Those visuals are, more are unique, but that's more the cutscenes have the storybook element. Once you're okay, in the actual gotcha. game, it's more of this kind of cartoony, isometric look. And it doesn't look bad. Don't get me wrong; it's not an yeah, ugly yeah, game, yeah. but it it's not striking. It's not like this okay. is unbelievable, but it looks good. No, looks I totally good. agree. There are indie games that have come out set, like before this game that look better that have the kind of the similar or, art uh, approach to like, gaming, where, yeah. where you're like, look at this art style. Oh my god! Like even Octopath yeah. looks better, which is weird because it's pixelated. Like. Yeah. <laughs> I was, it's kind of yeah, weird, yeah. Uh, but but I, now that I'm played both Octopaths like uh, twenty something hours in the second one, and then like eight ten into the first one, I'm like, man, this game is just gorgeous. It, it just draws me in with its art style. Whereas yeah. Bayonetta Origins, it's it's pretty, but it's not like I am hooked by this art style. I want to see the next one. No, game, it's you know? got that sack boy look that I don't like. A little, like, little bit of that. Yeah, little bit. I don't like that type of look. So that, I, it's probably a no for me. I'd be shocked if I like If you I, like I, puzzle adventure games, try this game out. Like, if that's mm -hmm. your thing, then I would say 100% try this game out. If you're like, I want an action-heavy Bayonetta game, no, this is not that at all. It's not, like, yeah. Um, but it is still worth trying. It's got a demo, so give it a whirl. If you're yeah, like, exactly. If you're, if you're on the fence and you're like, well, if it's not like Bayonetta, what is it? Just go play yeah. a demo, yeah. Give it a whirl. <clears throat> um, speaking of giving something a whirl, I'm reinstalling Mario Kart eight because i now that i've got expansion pass plus i want to try all these booster courses that i've been missing out on good wave four just hit and yeah uh, any of you playing these new courses yet i just beat I've not played the new courses i beat the uh the so it's eight courses per wave okay and there's two left i think uh this year so that they um, do two new circuits with every wave or something or how do they yeah. do it yeah, they do two new. Yeah, is that what they call it? Circuits start. Yeah, like like or a, pre. They, I think it says yeah. start Grand Prix or whatever. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and apparently in the update too, they added five more spots question marks for characters. New so characters. apparently they're going to introduce more characters eventually at some point all too. Right. So is it's this just like Fire the Emblem? Probably. It's all fire. It's all fire. God damn it. Or or they're probably going to put the Bayonetta Origins in there. Who knows? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> the demon um, just driving a cart. <laughs> 
giant demon in a really small. That's what I, I love doing is picking a giant character and putting him in like the smallest vehicle possible and Bowser. making the tires really tiny Bowser, yeah, yeah, and yeah. having the the overhead whatever you call it, glider be so, really fruity. Uh, it's. <laughs> I'm just I'm just waiting for like the eight to sort of flip on its side and become the infinite sign because it just seems like they're going to keep updating this game like forever. They might as they might as well. <laughs> they I just mean, flip they the will, eight. Over. This it, is Nintendo. It, they it will looks 100%, so good. Still. Yeah. They will release another one. It will be on their next console. But for the Switch, this is one. I think they're treating it like a live service game for the yeah. life of the Switch. Sure. And but I do think those, we'll get a new one. It's keeping those Expansion Pass Plus uh, subscriptions, right? It's helping at least keep those. Yeah. yeah. Well, so. I think uh, I think what they're doing with the tracks is very interesting. At least half the tracks, much like the previous uh, waves, at least half of them have a different, each lap has a different route you take. And I think that's really cool, especially because these are classic tracks that you just do the same lap over and over again. So the fact that they're like making minor adjustments to the tracks continuously every wave um, to keep it more interesting for those of us that have played those tracks. I haven't played every Mario Kart, but I'm familiar enough. Yeah. Um, I think that's freaking ridiculously cool. Like I, I they, the way that they're supporting this game has been awesome and it yeah. continues to look great. Like I just, I've been playing it handheld uh, for the most part when I'm uh, working, quote unquote, don't. <laughs> right. When I'm taking a break from work, I'm being responsible. Taking no, no, guys, out. Jeff uses quotes to emphasize time. the truth of something. When he wants to, you know, he's really working. He goes, <laughs> "I'm working hard." Truth yeah. quotes. <laughs> I'm taking truth. a sanctioned break to game. Okay. Got it. Uh, don't arrest me or fire me. Okay, so. Uh... <laughs> or both. both. That's the that's the fair, my favorite thing about my boss. He's like Derek. Like he literally says this to me like once a week. I don't know how you have time to do anything. You've got all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, you have no idea how much stuff I just let go on my stream while I'm just gaming. <laughs> he thinks I'm working the entire time. I don't know how you how you get all this stuff done. I'm like, I just like let it happen. You're, like, You're right. I should get a raise. Isn't that like on? Isn't that what happens on Office Space? Like they think he's like super good at his job, but he's yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, he, don't get me wrong. I he stops caring, he becomes a superstar at his company. Yeah, right. But, yeah. There are times where, like, I, like, will wake up and I'm exhausted. I'm like, nope, I'm not doing anything. Unless it's urgent, I treat it like I'm an IT employee. Like, unless I, I have to work on it, I'm not touching anything. But, but <laughs> I have some it's just funny because he says it all the time. I'll just be like, I don't even know. I don't know how you help me with all this stuff, how you get all this stuff done. I'm like, you have no idea how many hours I get done on Octopath Travel. <laughs> So, <laughs> so Jeff, you're right. This one looks good handheld, but this is a great example of where Nintendo also crushed it on the transfer to the big screen because it looks amazing on a big yeah, screen. Yeah, it does look too. good on big screen. I'm, for some reason, these games, I've uh, all of these waves, I can't remember a single time that I've put it on my um, on my 1080p monitor. I only do because it. I don't know why it's but, multiplayer and we are playing it together. Like, yeah, so I know it's, it's going to look great. I, I don't know why. why it's fun to play multiplayer. Good. So if you've got couch co-op, yeah. That's a good reason to throw it on the big screen. Definitely, yeah. I can't, I can't recall if this wave had any. I didn't recognize any of the courses that I played, but it could just be that I've had so much time away from those courses in their original format because it was like Nintendo or Game Boy Color. I think it brought in one from the what? DS, right? If I remember yeah. right. Um, so there's one or two that I recognized in the they in the pull, trailer for it. They pull usually from every every Mario Kart, even game. from the mobile yep. game. They pull from sometimes. Yeah, it's kind of impressive. I mean. 
you know they got a rich backlog of tracks so i, yeah. I get it it's uh it's really cool yeah yeah so i wish there was more to say about it but i mean it's it's just more mario kart 8 and this it, so that means it's awesome <laughs> well i played a very strange game called clash artifacts of chaos is that what, uh, the, what the penis head dude? Oh, he's definitely looks like a big walking penis, without a okay. doubt. That's what it looks like. Um, have you guys ever played Xeno Clash? No. It sounds it's, familiar, but no. Not with the X, with, with the actual with the Z. There's two of them that they made. Mm. Okay. And then they also made the Rock of Ages games. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah I've yeah. heard of those. They, I mean, all these games. I looked. I looked up Xeno Clash because I never played those, and I remember seeing Rock of Ages uh, on all kinds of lists, like di- like digital store lists and stuff. Mm. I never played them. The art style always looks weird to me, yeah. and uh, and unique for right. sure, but de- very weird. Mm-hmm. And um, this, so this that carries one. that on, man. This is a very strange game. Mm. I would describe it as a it's very melee focused. Okay. It's and it's very in tight over the shoulder for most of the combat, um, and so some people don't like that. But it's it's much more about like one on one battles. But you do move in a three D space. It's not a two D fighting game or anything. But it does feel a little bit more like, all right, I'm going one-on-one. Now, sometimes you do face off with more than one enemy, which is fine. And by the way, they can hit each other, which is hilarious. Like, if you can get them in the corner and they start swinging, they'll start really taking down each other's health, which is hilarious. (laughs) Um, Very kind of physics-based, where, like, things the the enemies are kind of floppy sometimes, especially after they die. But there's, like, that that physics engine going on. Um, And everything looks like... Did you ever see that Robin Williams flick called What Dreams May Come? Where he goes yeah. to heaven. Man, I wish Kyle was here. That's one of his favorite movies ever made. Ah. I love that movie. I love that movie. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, Kyle. It's it's one of my favorites, too. But you know the visuals when he gets there and there's like paint and it's like clay yeah. kind of. and pa- It's like oil paintings in some It's way. like oil painting mixed with like Play-Doh. It's all very strange mm. and like mm-hmm. wonderful. This has that same vibe while having some of the creepiest designed creatures and enemies that you talk to. Um, so it's it's very unique. So I got to give it credit. It's very unique, but it's also pretty obtuse. It's a double A game at its finest because like there's little quality of life things that we take for granted, like a a nice navigation map, some kind of little like nav mm-hmm. map in the corner. Give me some kind of like compass with like go this direction. Give me anything, mm-hmm. and I don't mean like hold my hand, but like give me some kind of guidance or maybe give me a way to highlight things in an environment I can collect. This is a game where you can craft things at your little pot at your camp. But you have to really be close to an item and it doesn't stand out from the rest of things to know like, oh, that's a flower I could have collected. So like it's little things like that that I'm like, I wish there was a way they could have highlighted like, hey, go over and get this mushroom in the corner. You're going to that's something you can collect. They don't tell you that. I kind of had to just go to every corner until I was right in front of it. Then it had a little pop up that said, you know, press LB to collect or whatever. So it's little little things like that that can make these games frustrating. I think it's not quite to that like user friendly uh, quality of life level that yeah, you'd like absolutely. to see but it is super unique and th- one of the things i like is it's got this little bar that that works its way up as you fight so you when you start the game you pick one of three stances you either do like these swiping attack stances almost as if you had claws like lots of swiping wide attacks you can do one where you keep your elbows in tight and you're doing boxing like really straightforward punching and then one more of a spear attack where you're doing lots of like long pullback and jabs mm-hmm. so like you have these three stances you pick from i think you can get different ones later and it's got a lot of RPG elements, like tons. You level up, and you have to you have to filter in uh, points into certain stat categories, and you unlock special moves over time. You can find these secret areas where you can learn a special move or like a a um, special attack or whatever. So those things are all very cool. And then you build up this 
little meter as you attack and as you land attacks in succession. And once it maxes out, you go into first person mode and all you see is your fists and you start wailing on them. And it just like destroys them real fast. And once you get to the end of that meter, it's kind of like a power up mode, you know, that the meter starts going down as you use it. And at the very end, you do this like killer, you know, slam move at the end. That's all very, uh, that's very satisfying. Like when you get to the first person mode and then you just like wreck them with your fists, that part's kind of fun. Hmm. Um, yeah, I need to. I'm I'm pulling this up. Yeah, this <laughs> these characters are are weird looking. It's very wacky. Like it honestly yeah. looks like someone made them out of play doh and then they hit yeah. bring them to life. You know what I mean? It kind of has <laughs> that weird vibe to it. Um, I like you, it though. You start the game almost. It almost reminds me of Mortal Shell a little bit because you start the game kind of disembodied as this kind of like falling apart. Um, you almost look like an anatomy map. You ever seen those like in the medical thing, like an ana- a map of someone's anatomy where you kind of see like the muscles and yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you kind of have that look to you, and then you find this dead body of Penis Man or whatever his name is. <laughs> Actually, his name is Pseudo. Um, and so you find the dead body of Pseudo, and then you you join together, and then it becomes daytime. So at daytime, when you're alive, you're Pseudo running around with your weird little sprouts of black hair on your penis shaped body, whatever. Um, the design's very strange. But then when you die, it sort of has that... That's not really like Dark Souls, but it sort of has that element of go back and find your body because now mm. you're back in your kind of... your um, ghostly or death or skeleton form. You can't talk. You can't advance very far. You have to get back to your body and rejoin with it and then continue on. So I think that's a pretty interesting mechanic. There's a lot of places you set up camp and save along the way. Very early on, you get a little friend, this little kind of like bird. Um, it looks like a little koosh ball. <laughs> that's also a bird that can fly around. Yeah, is that the little? Because I'm seeing in the pictures the little, little guy little on black, the shoulder. Yeah, the yeah. feathery like the black. Very beginning, uh... like um, his grandfather gets killed in this duel. It oh. was like an accidental death, kind of, and and he's dead. So he needs someone to help. So you're like you're like the reluctant uh, guardian of this little thing, trying to get him to safety somewhere. Um, one other feature I want to talk about is kind of interesting. They have this little strategy game. So you can, if, and they, I think they describe it as before you battle any intelligent creature in this world, because you can battle just straight up beasts and they'll just start fighting you. But anyone that's intelligent that can talk, um, you can challenge them to this. What do they call it? I'm blanking out what it's called, but it's some kind of game where they have this, they open up what looks like a belt and it has mm-hmm. all these little pegs on it. And if you, if either one of you challenges the other one, the other one has to accept and then you play, then you, you roll this mat and you play this little strategy game that gives you an advantage or a disadvantage if you lose in the fight you're about to have. Because you're about uh-huh. to do your one one battle. But this can give you like, hey, uh, if you lose, then you're going to be attacked by bees throughout the battle. So as soon as you stop moving, you're going to get stung and lose health. Like s- silly like that. One of them is literally like you wear a dead fish on your head. So you move slower. <laughs> like it's, it, there's weird stuff. Sure. It's very odd. Um it but, definitely has a very odd vibe to it. Like uh, the yeah. visuals are like they're very unique. I, I mean, I don't think they're bad. I actually think they're quite nice. It's I, I just like the, it. Yeah. The designs are very strange and like the designs are very strange. They're very it's, strange. It looks yeah. very dreamlike, like a weird dream you'd wake up from. Like, yeah. what the heck was that? It's got that vibe to it. But I think the strategy part's cool. Like the little game you play, it's with dice, and you you have these little pegs. So, like after you roll your dice, you can use these pegs to affect the values, and whoever has the highest total value at the end gets the advantage and it could be something like poison or strength or hey you get one free punch on the guy before the fight starts like it's all Mm -hmm. kinds of different advantages you might get before the battle starts so listen i think clash artifacts chaos is a very interesting game it's in that it's a double a game and it's priced as such it's right around the 30 dollar range and on most stores 
So they're not trying to like pretend it's a $60 release. So I think it's, if you like that kind of game and if you like really weird art styles and unique gameplay, if you really like melee combat, I think this one's worth a shot. I think it's it's pretty interesting. Is it my thing? I don't know yet. I, mm. I'm I'm kind of on the fence if I'm going to spend a ton more time with it. Um, but it is, is very available on everything. Um, it's uh, on PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. I don't think it's okay. on Switch though. Okay. So yeah, weird game, man, but very cool. I guess pe- there is a, apparently a pretty big cult following of the Xeno Clash games. People love the Xeno Clash oh. games. Okay. Um. So, Interesting. yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's very, yeah. I think this is also published by Nacon, who we'll talk about later in the headlines. They're published in all kinds of games, man, um, mm. including the Gollum game that's supposed to be coming out hopefully this year. The Gollum game. Yeah. So you they, they hopefully. <laughs> I mean, it was supposed to come out September last year, right? Yeah. I'm just saying I hope it doesn't ever come out. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, fair. That's does anybody fair. actually want it? Yeah. Like, does anybody? I don't know. I'll take a double-A Golem stealth game. I'll turn what it does out. everybody want? No Golem <laughs> game. What does everybody need? What does everybody need? <laughs> um, all right. I know I talked a lot about Clash, but I thought it was interesting. It's not the kind of game we normally talk about on here. It's not one I recommend any of you rush out and buy unless you really like a good kind of in-depth melee combat game. And it is third-person most of the time, except mm-hmm. for in that kind of bonus mode. So, all right. Um, Oni Road to be the Mightiest Oni. This game looked interesting, but I've seen some pretty sketchy reviews on the performance of this thing. Is that true? Yeah, that's what I've heard. Uh, the, the Steam reviews are all negative because of performance. Um, okay. I got it on Switch, though, so I obviously I didn't get it for performance. The performance <laughs> I don't really care is about definitely that. bad. <laughs> it's fine on Switch. It's just not... <laughs> It's not pretty. Performance for me is not, yeah. uh, not that I have an issue with the game. It's just not something I want to sink my teeth into. I only did like the first hour. It's it's the most casual of diddles um, with a game that I could have done. So it's, it's kind of like a 3D action adventure game. Yeah, right? it is. It is an action game. You play a character that's kind of he's kind of like a everybody's kind of like circular and trying to find something to compare it to. Um, they're kind of cartoony and circular. It reminded me of Mini Ninjas. You guys ever played Mini Ninjas uh, back? I remember, I remember that one. Okay, that's what it reminded. The video at least reminded me of. Mini gotcha. Yeah. Uh, I think some of the environments are really pretty and stuff. So that was my appeal. That and like the fact that it was an action game, but it's not like, at least starting out, it's not like crazy action like Spider-Man, where it's just it, everything's coming at you all the time. It's not like that. Um, so I knew it would be like. It felt like it would be up my alley as far as like an indie experience goes because it's yeah. not a full price game. It's like thirty bucks. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the the combat, at least the way it introduces you into it, because I've seen screenshots of where you're like surrounded by enemies, but you have so many skills at your disposal disposal that you can like quickly dispose of them, like just by kind of like either tele doing some type of teleport move or something like that. Um, so apparently, you can unlock way more moves later on in the game. But at least starting out. It's it's very basic, kind of sluggish, like tap, 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 and then they're down. But the extra thing you have to do after you knock somebody out is you have to uh, uh, break their souls. So like an enemy will like collapse and then you'll see their soul come up and then you'll have to go up there and hit the soul and, and that defeats them. There's always um, something involving souls. There's always something. <laughs> there's always souls. Um, I wasn't really paying attention at all to the story behind any of this. I, I really should have, I feel like, but I think it just 
boils down to there's an evil entity that's threatening the land, and that's it. I think isn't that's Oni, what... isn't that some kind of spirit or something? It's a, it's a, de- it's a demon. A demon, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's a demon. Yeah, you play a demon warrior, and you okay. have apparently a partner. I don't remember seeing one uh, starting the game out. Okay. Um... But yeah, some of the graphical stuff, like I'm looking at other screenshots of people that are further ahead in the game, and it looks cool. It looks really cool. It's just, it just didn't grab me. And also, don't get it on PC. Apparently, it's a nightmare to play there. Yeah, they need to optimize and update that bad boy on Steam. They even had to issue a statement. That's why I really like, I got to give Steam credit here. I, and I don't know when they implemented this. It's been since I've used it, where they have overall reviews, but then recent reviews. That way, like as the game improves, you get an idea of like, Hey, recent yeah. reviews are now positive. Overall, yeah. might be mixed or negative, but like recent, yeah. so that helps you get an idea of like, hey, it's actually in good shape now. But yeah, it's yeah. like if you go look at Arkham. I mean, Arkham Knight might be a bad example, but when they launched that on PC, it was it was so broken. It right. was so effing broken that you every review. Was negative. Yeah, it was it was literally unplayable. It was like overwhelmingly negative. I bought yeah, it exactly. day one, and I got recent play. reviews. It's more like it's you know mostly positive or something like that. It's you know it's it's. Yeah. Cleaned up its act. So that yeah, is a yeah. useful thing <laughs> to add. Up cleaned up its act. Cool. Well, I like the reviews on Steam just because um, I feel like a lot... There are, of course, people that joke and don't take it serious. But I feel like a lot of people on there take it seriously. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you go to Metacritic, it's just like, well, I saw a bunch of people give this game a 10 and I hate it. So it gets a zero, even if you really thought it was a five or a six or whatever. I don't feel like you see that really on Steam. Um, so I actually trust Steam reviews for a lot of things. Like the Me game too. I was looking into that just came out yesterday was Bleak, Bleak Faith. And after me watching a few gameplay, I was like, I don't I don't have a good feeling about this. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like this is going to, it doesn't look great. But I was still interested in it because I heard from a lot of YouTubers like, this game's great, blah, blah, blah. And then I go to Steam, and sure enough, they kind of validate. There's people that like it, but there's a lot of people who are like, stay away until they patch this game. You know, oh. I like it too, and I don't really need the Steam reviews for really big releases because those mm-hmm. can get review bombed, and oh, I yeah. to- you can kind of disregard some of that. Yeah. But it's but it's those smaller. Steam need you to buy the game in order to review it, or yeah, Steam does, yeah, yeah. So at least there's that. Whereas Metacritic is like. It's that's like, a good point. you can just log in as anybody. Anyone can, like, that's true. This. this game is trash. So there's that. And you can see how long somebody played it. Like, if somebody's played true. it for 30 minutes, true. I don't take them serious. That's so true. So yeah. there's, th- those elements are so important because it validates the user a little bit more than most, of, a lot more than most other places. But also for the mid- medium to small size games that I, there's not a lot of reviews out there. I don't know what to think about it. That's where it's most helpful for me is if something that's like something that's 15 bucks, it looks interesting and you look at reviews and they're overwhelmingly positive, like 98% positive out of 60 reviews or something from users. I'm like, dude, maybe I should buy this thing like that. That can win me over way more than Metacritic or something can win me over. So, yeah, I agree. I don't really use it on big releases unless it's like I've heard something about the stability of the PC port. Sure. Mm -hmm. But like for these smaller titles, like I was saying, Bleak, Bleak Faith or whatever it's called, Bleak. Um, Bleak. I was I was definitely going. I'm not buying this unless I see a, an overwhelming positive feedback, yeah. and it's right yeah. now currently mixed. Yeah, like Clash Artifacts of Chaos. You know, penis man who punches people. It's at uh, <laughs> 95% positive out of 71 user reviews. So like that's not wow. a game that's going to get a lot of critics to review it. 
but that's a good place to look at users and see what they're saying, people who are actually playing it. And um, yeah. anyway. By the way, anytime somebody describes something as looking like a penis, uh, I think of that scene in How I Met Your Mother, where, remember, Dan, the Bob Brian Cranston played an architect? Ah. And he designed a building that looked like a penis. And then as soon as they were, they didn't never show the building in the show because they couldn't, right. obviously. But they showed it to the guy that was supposed to fund it. Mm. And as soon as he reveals the building, the guy's reaction is like, that's a penis. <laughs> I also love when he wants to hire Ted. And for a second, like, he turns into Walter White. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. like, starts yelling, like, Walter White, like, for a second. Yeah. Like, There's know. an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond where uh, the grandmother or Raymond's mom goes to an art class. And then comes back with a sculpture that she made. Mm. And everyone who sees it thinks it looks like a, they don't they never say it on the show. It's like this mm. looks like a vagina. Like so much. Yeah, like it actually everybody was kind of dancing around it in how I met your mother. Until the end. Until yeah. the guy got the building revealed to him. And then he That's was like, good. That's a penis. They were making all this euphemisms and innuendos <laughs> among sure. the main That's so just says it. That's until awesome. that guy was like, That's a penis. <laughs> Hey, well, speaking of watching stuff, let's talk about a few things that we're watching. We'll kick things off with uh, some movies and, and other like random smaller stuff. And then we'll talk about Last of Us Episode 8. Um, I just started, my wife and I together just started this new series on Discovery called Jared from Subway Catching a Monster. Uh, my sounds wife like a, my wife's sounds watching like a, that. Uh, a laugh riot. That's oh, it's like so funny. It's comedy. so funny. So the this is fascinating. Not only does it tell the very interesting story of like how Jared in the nineties rose to fame. And we all remember him from the commercials. If you didn't, you weren't watching TV. He was everywhere. He was everywhere. But he also, if you look back, they show clips. He was with almost every celebrity of sports and acting Mm. and rat, like John Cena, like wrestlers. Like he was in commercials with like every famous person you could think of with subway. It was crazy. Uh, and then they dive deep into, and they have lots of recordings. That's one of the things that makes this so interesting and disturbing is, Yep. This lady who became good friends with him, she was undercover. She went undercover with the FBI once she kind of learned, hey, there's something wrong with this guy. Uh-huh. She went, talked to them, showed them some evidence, and they essentially were like, you need to go get more of this. We need, you know, we need more evidence of this. Yeah, so, he's already confiding in you as is. Oh, it was, it get, and it gets rough real quick. So, um, so but if. But, like real quick is that, like, what even, what even like prompted them to be like, yeah, something's going on involving pedophilia? Like, what even. He is the one who brought it on. Oh, really? So like, so he whistled uh, himself in the was first he just episode, getting a little too comfortable and started telling people or something. Or? It's, it's this mainly this lady. So like this lady wow. is a, they'll tell her story a little bit too. She's like a, uh, a radio host or something like she's a radio personality mm-hmm. and she's interviewing him. And right away he thinks she's really pretty and he's talking to her and then wow. he meets her kids. And he, she was like, that felt a little weird, but like mm. I, there was something about it that kind of put her off. But yeah. it wasn't until they were sitting down for some kind of filmed interview on this couch. And she says, right before the camera started rolling, he leaned over and he whispered in my ear, I think middle schoolers are hot. Ooh. Oh, my God, dude. And then that's she good. said, that's she me, said that like she just shut down like she was she was stunned and didn't know what to do. And wow. that's when she started getting him to say some things and recorded it, took it to the FBI. And that's kind of how it all started. But he just in a moment of who knows, like maybe he was trying to impress her or thought he picked up a vibe from her i have no idea but she does a really good job (laughs) imagine imagine... thinking the person you say that to would be like oh yeah me too or whatever like Like, what the hell at least say it to another guy though why would you (laughs) say it to a woman who has say it 
Well, well, not to not not, not to well, not say. You it. Find yes, but like... when somebody is into stuff like that, they're already not right in the head. Correct. So right. they are going to like, they're not going to think straight, is what I'm trying to say. So it's not surprising to me that he actually would talk about it. It's just like yeah. usually murderers usually talk about murder to somebody, but like. I'm just shocked who he would choose. Like, well, and then she does a great job of playing. She does a great job playing along. Like they start recording all her phone calls and they play the real audio from it where she does play along. She plays right into what Derek's describing that most people wouldn't do. She plays into thinking it's interesting and just teach me. I want to learn about this. Like she acts like it turns her on or she's fascinated or whatever. And she does a great job of keeping him on the hook. Uh, Yes. And and getting info on him. So well anyway, done, I, if you like uh, true, I crime, can't watch it. Another lying, misleading woman. I'm done with this. <laughs> okay, no, no. Yeah, she's no. she's not the problem here, Derek. No. Um, and that but, show proves why you can't trust women. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, get, give me that show. I'm definitely making a YouTube video and breaking oh it down. Oh my gosh. Um, but can, if you can like, we fire Derek, please. If you like true crime documentaries, that kind of thing, yeah. I highly recommend it. It's it's but really good. You mentioned good. it's on Dis- Discovery, right? Yeah, on so Discovery. they they for now they have their own streaming service. Uh, I yeah. assume eventually they'll want to blend it with HBO. Well, they, it's um, the Discovery Plus. HBO Max, yeah. Discovery Plus, they've had that for a bit. It's Discovery they Plus. Yeah. But you're right, Jeff. They could end up merging those into like all Discovery and and that includes a lot of other stuff, not Discovery too, like. They had a whole series of networks like Animal Planet and HGTV, I think. There's a few others that are like part of the Discovery family. Um, A lot of home renovation shows. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's so comical to me that that people that Discovery bought Warner Media is basically about, you would think it'd be the other way around, but they were in so much debt uh, that Discovery bought them. And now Discovery executives are saying that the name brand HBO is keeping subscribers away from HBO. And I'm like, that's that is definitely not true. Broken ass logic. Yeah, yeah. Is. Like if no. anything, we're staying away from Discovery Plus. I'm sorry. Like that's just the way yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. HBO stands for Prestige Television. We're gonna want to watch. It's true. Yeah. That yeah. subscription service. Yeah. I'm sorry. We just are. Um, it what, does strike me as much more of a reality like, live in. It, this this documentary <laughs> strikes me much more as something that you would see on Amazon Prime or Netflix or on HBO. Like it has yeah, that when you, vibe when you to it. Typed so, in that title, I was like, uh, "Oh, it's got to be on Netflix then." So uh, Jared, I'm or a little bummed it's not. Jared Fogle. He so did he just watch child porn or did he actually like molest kids and stuff like that? I we we haven't finished the series yet. We were only two episodes in, so I'm not sure if they actually outlined I only the charges. Know about- um, I thought they just. I am. Pr- I am pretty sure he like was convicted possession. on child pornography, and I think mm. there's accusations of actual abuse, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, I think it's the fact. I remember good. reading uh, about. How is that guy the, still alive? Is he still alive in prison? <laughs> I think so. I, I remember. I remember reading about how. I remember reading about how much he had, and it was like, "Holy crap, we got to get this guy in jail forever, or whatever." Like, he didn't I even remember... have terabyte hard drive back then. Right. That's how much he had. Yeah, yeah, that many. Yeah, he had yeah. so much. Uh, oh, crazy. Like, you look at that guy, and it's like, not, after the fact, knowing for sure, it's like, yeah, like, he, well, he yeah. kind of has that face. He has yeah. that face of someone. Yeah. I'm that... glad South Park made fun of him before everybody knew that he was like this. 
South Park is ahead of everybody. They're ahead of everyone on every issue. I swear to God, they are. Yeah, they have like some type of. They made fun of the uh, open chat GPT thing on the last episode. It was so freaking brilliant. Um, Where at a certain point at the end of the episode, they had an AI write the end of the South Park episode for real. Oh my God. It was so funny. (laughs) It's so funny, man. man. But they're like ahead of that type. Like they're just. They just know exactly what to poke fun of before it's even popular to do it. They're going no. after transgender ginger people now. <laughs> i Now, Jeff, I thought you talked about this last week, but maybe it's just in our chat. History of the World Part 2 series? Yeah, it was just in our chat because okay, it, okay. it released on... It, they did an interesting thing. Hulu uh, released two episodes a night starting Monday. Um, or a day. Starting Mel Brooks on and a whole bunch of cameos yes. of all kinds of people. Right? Mel Brooks, because he's like in his high 90s now. He's almost on the way out. Uh, but he was able to court other people into helping him, like Ike Barinholtz, uh, Nick Kroll, and Wanda Sykes are the main people that helped co-write and co-create the series. Um, it's like an eight-episode thing. Each episode's half an hour, you're in and out. If you like the sketch comedy style of the movie, History of the World Part 1, it's it's more of that. It's It's... That's pretty much it. Like, but if you're not on board with the Mel Brooks type of humor, um, you won't really care for this. But it does suffer that thing that sketch comedy shows tend to suffer sometimes where some sketches you're just like, all right, I don't know what that was. I hope we never see that again. Or <laughs> or it's like one of the funniest things you've ever seen in your life. Sure. Like, like they did a whole um, this is in the final episode. And it's not really a spoiler, but I hope you don't consider it a spoiler, at least, because how do you spoil comedy, this? So how do you spoil it? Um, but there's a whole uh, committee of people um, in, I want to say it's like Constantine era, whenever, whatever era it was that like established modern uh, practices of Christianity. And they're all talking about making Jesus this like white buff guy and stuff like that. And like, you know, an action hero. And to the point where they end up showing a, a trailer, uh, a movie trailer. And it's like the most ridiculous Arnold Schwarzenegger type of Jesus yeah. trailer where he's just like. <laughs> He's just mowing down people with like machine guns. It's so stupid. I love it. I love that type of stuff. Um, and in one of the, se- I think the second episode, I think they have a curb your enthusiasm spoof that's Ooh. called curb your Judaism, and uh, <laughs> and everybody's in it except for Larry David. Nick Kroll uh. plays the Larry David part. He plays Judas, and uh, they did get JB Smoove in there. Um, Oh my god! I'm trying to remember if they got anybody else from Curb Your Enthusiasm in it, but it is very fun. Like it's very much tonally like Jeff, identical. Um, Curb Your Enthusiasm. What's his name Jeff. Uh, Jeff Garland. No, Jeff he's Garland. Not in it, or, or the girl, lady who plays Cheryl. Cheryl. Um, I don't remember seeing her either. So okay, so I guess just JB Smooth is who they got. But it's a perfect person to get. He plays Judas's like best pal or whatever. That's awesome. Uh, and, yeah, there's like really comical like interact. Oh man, just the way. The it last ends, time I saw like, Mel Brooks was in. Men in tights when I mean mm-hmm. when he's playing the the monk guy who's doing circumcisions, he has like a little guillotine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And he's like driving away going, put some ice on it. <laughs> oh my god. Put some ice on it, it it the that spoof, that sketch specifically ends with the uh they they make it so that Judas accidentally betrays Jesus in a in a way sure. that Larry David would in the show Curb Your Enthusiasm. Sure. He's sure. like, Oh, I didn't mean to do that. No, like it's just <laughs> And every time there's a new sketch about a new subject, you're like, how did they get this person? It's an insane cast of people, dude. Like, yeah. you guys will, like, if you check out the IMDb on it, you'll be like, holy crap, how did they score all these people in this show? It's crazy. It's, it's awesome. pretty wild. It's, re- it's funny, though. It's 
consistently pretty funny. Uh, pretty what about what about Scream Six? Is that pretty funny? <laughs> there, there are some funny moments because all Scream movies have like kind of funny moments in them. Sure. Uh, whether it's like ridiculous violence or uh, characters calling out a situation on the nose for like in a meta way. Uh, so there's more of that in this. Um, Scream Six uh, has the kids, uh, the main four new kids from Scream Five. They all go to New York to go to college. So this is That's the first time huge. we're seeing Ghostface like outside of his element, and he's in uh, Ghostface he's in does a different New York. City. Pretty much, it's Ghostface does New York. It's like Ghostface all the Saturday Night Live. All the marketing <laughs> is like Statue of Liberty, but it's Ghostface with a knife, and he's yeah. holding it up. At some yeah, point, he gets, mar- at some point he gets lost and has to ask Donald Trump for yeah. directions. Yeah. <laughs> Start stabbing him. Best direction. Um. Anyway, it's uh yeah, it's got all the kills. That, I think five was actually more brutal in the kill department, but it has one of the best openings to any screen movie I've ever seen. Uh, and that's six movies in now. So I mean, I wow. think it's, I think it might be my favorite opening, because I just didn't expect there's something that happens I just flat out didn't expect. Like, I was like, oh, this is interesting. Oh, where are they gonna go with this? And then more stuff happens, and I'm like, holy crap, this is... It kind of blew me away, the opening of it. Um, the... Okay, so it was really tense and, like, well-written and plotted, and they explained all these new rules that were really, really cool. I was on the edge of my seat, and then when the third act happened, um, it was just so intensely dumb. It was so stupid. Like... Not not even like the fact that the reveal the reveal made sense. Like when you know, there's always like a haha. It's like a Scooby Doo reveal at the end every single time. Um, and, and it always, for the most part, has made the motive of the characters and why they kill make sense. So that stuff I didn't have a problem with. It was like a logical conclusion. Um, it's just suddenly when the actors that we have seen in non killer roles in the movie suddenly have to act like killers and they're deranged and stuff. Mm. They were terrible. They were, it was so horribly acted. And so like, and some of the action moments too, where like the good guys are trying to get away from the killers. Um, it's just looked terrible. It looked like in, in a non-fun, like B-movie way, this is supposed to be a blockbuster franchise. And it looked like somebody just didn't know how to shoot action scenes. So they ran out of money at the end there? Like, <laughs> No, no. You, I mean, the budget didn't really look to be the problem. And also there's some spoilery things that I really have a problem with, but hopefully uh, Kyle's able to see it before we podcast again okay. uh, on current cinema. Cause I do want to do at least like a five minute spoiler chat on it. I, I actually know everything without watching the movie. <laughs> you look it up beforehand and stuff. Cause yeah, uh, I, w- I watched a YouTube thing. I was like, well, I can't watch the movie, but I still want to, cause I follow all of the, yeah, it's an interesting mystery. Plots. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to know who did it and why and who died and who didn't and all that yeah. stuff. So I, I watched, that's what I was doing today. And even watching that, I was like, this is creeping me out. <laughs> yeah, I'm home alone right now. Hopefully nobody will call me. Uh, but yeah, but yeah I, I thought some of, I thought some of the stuff they were, the, I will say this again, I didn't watch it. So I didn't get to feel the tension or anything like that. But the beginning of the movie, what Jeff was talking about, the, the thing, the twist they do, I'm like, it right? That. It's hats such a great original thing to do for the opening exactly. of a screen movie. Yeah. So I thought that was cool, and then um, some of the stuff, like even just like watching some of the, like 
what the setups were because again they can't show you everything but they'll show you uh -huh. a clip and it'll be like well this is where a bunch of people die and blah 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 and i'm like some of these like setups are really yeah. cool where they I have was, to do it in an intricate way where it doesn't feel forced to put somebody like there this is in the trailer um there's a part where they put a ladder down between two apartment it's actually in the same apartment building but there's two apartment windows and they use a ladder to go from one apartment to the next and they're trying, like, if you're a screenwriter, you're trying to figure out how do I get to that moment in the movie without it feeling a little too contrived or forced. And they, I feel like they do that every time. Every time they put the characters in in peril somehow, they do it in a way that's really, like, I, I like, acknowledge, like, oh, like, I really respect what they did to get the characters there. Because I didn't, I didn't sense that it was, like, a forced mm. thing. Like, yeah. it felt like organically they were taken to a gas station. And yeah. suddenly Ghostface goes on a killing rampage in a gas station. Like, it, it didn't feel like they were writing... Uh, it didn't feel like they were forcing characters into certain scenes. It's really hard to explain, but yeah, it, yeah. it basically flowed really well. It's mm -hmm. it's very impressive, the, the stuff that the, the new writers are able to like do. Like, there's logic there for what's happening. It's not Yeah, just... exactly. Like, I'm not sitting there going, oh, of course this is what's going to happen. Oh, like, that was the know? only thing, and maybe you'll agree with this, uh, that I didn't like. Again, didn't watch the movie, but just the stuff they were saying, I was just like... And I won't spoil it, but there's certain characters that stuff happens to them, and it's like, oh, they should have died, but they didn't. And that that stuff, I I I don't like that in anything that has nothing to do with screen. Honestly, like, honestly, yeah, that's one of the that's some of the spoilery stuff I really really want to talk about because it was yeah. so freaking irritating. It is Rise of Skywalker level of frustrating. It is. <laughs> like, He's on a different transport. What? No, just kill the guy. Just kill Chewbacca. It's not a big problem. <laughs> Not a big problem. It's a huge problem. How dare you? No, I'm just saying, like, just have some balls, man. Like, if sure. you're gonna, if you're gonna tempt me with a sense of loss in a story, commit yeah. to it, man. Like, yeah, commit. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I want to see those. I want to see those big cojones uh, when it comes to screenwriting. Like, I want to see that. That's and, why Infinity yeah. War was so impactful. I yeah. think for 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 a moment. I mean, we all knew that. Yeah, you know, like, oh, there's a part two and. You know the original Avengers, yes, have to do but something. like it was but, ultimate defeat and sadness yeah. and quiet oh, yeah. to end right. that movie, and it was like a yeah. gut punch after and, gut punch. And after there gut were punch. still permanent deaths that happened in Endgame. There were, like, there were three yeah. big ones that were like, "Oh, these guys are not coming back." Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. I, um, I, I've always said that I respect that. I understand why they hold on to certain characters, but it's at the same time like hold on to some, but build up a group. And that's kind of what Scream is doing. I expect they'll eventually do it. They're mm -hmm. building up the core so they can start to eliminate some of them because they they've even done that with like the original cast. Yeah, they got the original cast cast big enough that you liked a bunch of them, and then they started picking them off throughout the movies. And you're like, yeah. oh, that hurt. That hurt. But it doesn't hurt as much because you still have four or five people. That's left that's over. why. And you alluded to it, but that's why I'm frustrated by the lack of. It's not that there's a lack of body count. People die in Scream 6, but I'm just frustrated that Scream 5 killed off some pretty big characters, like, mm -hmm. including one from the original trilogy. Mm. So, uh, or the original four movies, I guess. Uh, so, like, that was ballsy. It, I was expecting more of that and, and and then some, and they just couldn't commit to it for some reason. I'm like, this was the movie to commit to it. You, you talk about in the movie how this is a franchise now, because they're very meta, like I said. So they talk verbatim. They say, we're in a franchise now. Everybody's expendable. It doesn't matter if you're the main character or not. And then they don't follow through on any of that. Like, it just, it was frustrating. That I, was the plot twist. Yeah. I, I they guess. lied to you, Jeff. That's the twist. I just feel like you should have 
actually leaned into that and then like everybody would have been like what's the seventh one going to be but now we know it's just gonna be more the same like now mm-hmm. now it's i don't know unless it's not unless they're really trying to drag you along here and <laughs> maybe know. maybe they kill well, a bunch of people off screen <laughs> speaking of a uh, high death count we saw some deaths in the latest episode of last of us so oh, let's boy. talk about episode eight real quick our thoughts on yeah. that um we'll keep it pretty spoiler free but this was the um um the section of the game where you meet david and his gang not gang but his village whatever his crew and um you take control of ellie in the game for the first time which is really like a jarring moment where you're not sure of joel's fate like what's going to happen and and so you're controlling her and now she has to navigate we talked about this a little bit last week now she has to navigate survival and making decisions there's no one available to save her she has to figure it out Mm -hmm. and um so they, they do that whole interaction it was cool to see troy baker there as well as a as a as a character actually i think it was a character that was in the game um so it's just cool to see him play a uh pretty important character in this episode the so, actor yeah, that i was they, actually they, expecting him to have less screen time i thought he would just be he was, in he was pretty important he was like yeah. he was like the foil for the for david right he was the, the one reacting to what david was saying and doing that whole mm-hmm. episode so yeah. I, I thought I, I will I say the happened. casting of uh, the casting of David was kind of brilliant, not just because it's a uh, it's a ginger and they tend to be less threatening. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, but it's, uh, no, but he he looks like a very unassuming person. Not saying that the David in the game wasn't or anything, yeah. but he's even more unassuming. And then he turns out to be, you know, even more of a Jared Fogel. Yes. Oh, jeez. So like more oh, so yeah, than yeah. I remember from the game. I, I, I guess. Yeah. Like, I thought, well, the game definitely hints at it. It implies, yeah, it hints, like, yeah it's he's like, a little yeah, more implies, aggressive yeah. in the in the show for sure. Like, dude, yeah. can we just say how Bella Ramsey crushed it though, oh, reacting God, the way she did, like yeah. to draw him in in that moment in order to do what she wanted. Like, she did so good at kind of her little quiet, like, oh, like as she's pretending, like she's realizing and she's like interested. Mm-hmm. That was so good. She's such yeah. a good actress, man. That See, episode... another clip that I can pull from my I Hate Women YouTube channel. Oh, my God. To show you do not trust women. So <laughs> if you start that, them. we're not associated yeah, with Yeah, we're no longer associated. This is not current women hate. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, current. Yeah, I will doing... say this, uh, this definitely eased any concerns I might have had personally about Bella Ramsey eventually just being the main lead in the show. Um, yeah. You know, I guess... If that happens, I don't know. Like Ellie's <laughs> plotline in, in trying to avoid spoilers two, or whatever, but Ellie's yes. plotline in season two requires a lot more physicality and aggression. Yes, right. Yeah, and this episode was, you know, up until the end was all her, like doing a lot of the lifting. So, uh, and she did a hell of a job. And uh, the emotional beat at the end really like sold me as um, dude. I teared up at the end. I'm not gonna lie to yeah, you. Yeah, I did too. And I think it was the element of surprise even for the gamers because in the game, Joel pulls Ellie off of his body as he's already yeah. dead she yeah, won't yeah, stop yeah, yeah. yeah so he's physically he yeah. saves her physically and and emotionally from the whereas fire, in the show yeah. we're, we're all kind of like having played the game we're all kind of like where's joel like so she has to go through all of that herself yeah. and decide herself when to stop and no there's uh, uh, uh so like mild spoilers if you want to jump ahead but you know i won't even say what it is but he said he calls her something that he didn't say and i don't remember him saying in the game and if he did it i, I just don't remember a bad memory i thought i thought he did for some reason he I, maybe have, i could be misremembering but in the like show it just connected effect. more because yeah the only other person we've seen him call that was his daughter back in episode one 
Right. And so, like, there was a moment where he sees how broken she is. She's covered in blood. Obviously, things went poorly. And he talked about this in the after show interviews. Mm-hmm. And it's just so brilliant the way they're like, hey, we, we actually specifically wanted him to say this. So I picked up on it in the moment. I think it was just more of like me being a dad of a daughter. Like, that hit me pretty hard when that happened. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really well done. I thought keeping Joel on the periphery, the last two episodes, uh, actually is pretty smart. Like they're allowing Ellie to become more of a central character. And then right. in this final episode, it's going to circle back to Joel making some choices here. I, I, I remember I watched a, uh, I think they only did two parts and that's it, but there's what's called creator on creators. I think that's what it's called on Sony's YouTube channel. And, um, and it's Neil Druckmann, Craig Mazin, uh, and then of course, uh, Bella Ramsey and Pedro Pascal all talking about the show. And Neil was like, he was talking about specifically that moment where Joel comes in at the end and he was like, uh, yeah, that even took me like back. Like I just didn't expect to get so emotional when I actually yeah, watched yeah. the finished episode. Um, yeah. and, and, and he was like texting Craig, I'm crying so hard right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, see, even the people involved with the show and the game, like from the beginning are still like, are just getting crushed by the show. It's, uh, emotionally it's yeah, it's really special, man. It's, yeah. The one thing that's funny, and it's not just this show, a lot of shows and movies do this, but at the end they wanted a shot of them kind of limping off together, escaping together, right? Mm-hmm. But they're just like walking towards this frozen lake. I'm like, where are they going? Like, what? they should have been like going down a road or something, but they just kind of <laughs> turn and there's not a path that's going right. To- I'm like, are you going to go swimming? Like, where are you going right now? <laughs> are you guys going swimming? <laughs> I never noticed that. Um, so automatically it's a five out of 10 episode then. Yeah. Well, I do think the game <laughs> yeah, did a really good job of showing you why the entire town of people was occupied and yeah. the combination of the snowstorm and the fire and like everyone's occupied and running around and it's panic. It's crazy. And the show didn't do that as much. And if I were more critical of it, I'd be like, well, someone else would have shown up and busted through that door. and be like, what's going on? Like someone would have seen oh. the fire. And like, there was no other people yeah. around. I, I think they did add Joel finding bodies. I think they added that to the show. I don't remember that in the game. Yeah. That was uh, gross. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But that was that was cool to like, not it's cool. Like you know game, what I mean? When you're walking through, you see them hanging. You do oh, you? Okay. actually okay. literally walk through them. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember that. Okay. You push them to. Yeah, to push that they're swinging, right? Yeah. Oh. Oh. oh wow. but this was more graphic. Yeah. I don't remember yeah, 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 them yeah. being headless in the game. And yeah. different sizes too. Yeah, that was messed up. I do like but. seeing some of that community and seeing um, like little subtle things about like, oh, David straight up fed that girl his dad, her dad basically, and like, smiled at her while she was. Oh down. no. Yeah. So basically, you have to like piece together like. Once you find out the true nature of the, uh, we already know their true nature. Right. They but you kind of don't tell us, together. but we, yeah. yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, I was, I was like, trying to watch oh. it and pretend like I hadn't seen the game and like, or hadn't played the game. And I was wondering if other people would pick up on this. Right. And I did notice they kind of like, in that scene with, with, um, with David and what's her name? So the girl, right? You're talking about the little girl or Ellie? Ellie, where oh, okay. well, where she makes it obvious that, oh my God, like there's his ear or whatever. This is what you uh, guys do. Yeah, I think that was more for people that didn't play the game, so they could know. Like he yeah. literally, if you remember, he fed the father. That's why he wouldn't talk yeah. about like burying her, bear, burying him or anything like that. Yeah, he that. made up some excuse. Yeah, it, yeah. it's like it's Ground too cold or something. Yeah. yeah, but I, I just wanted to say that I. 
when I first saw David was, you know, this pale ginger, I was just like, no, that's not David. But the guy not who my played, David. No, my David. But the guy who played him nailed it. Yeah. His whole demeanor, his he 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 did a great job of coming across as very kind, which if you play the video game, mm-hmm. David is extremely kind to Ellie when he first meets her. He wants to earn her trust. He wants to yeah. kind of bring her in. And that's they did a great job of not rushing that part to yeah. kind of like bring her in. And she was extremely standoffish because of, I believe, because of what Joel had shared with her about how people are. You don't trust anybody. Um, but I just really thought his performance was spectacular. And they really have done a really, really good job with the casting. That's one of yeah, the things I that I've appreciated yeah. the most about the show. By the way, the hints for what was being fed was when they bring the meat out to prepare and she goes, what is this? And he kind of looks at her and goes, venison. And the way he said it, there was a hint there. Oh. And then shortly after that, they bring the deer in. So like you, the viewer, you're knowing like they didn't have any venison left. And now mm-hmm. they're bringing it. Like you could have yeah. thought, hey, they got the deer back and processed it. No, the deer's oh. just now being brought back and the food's already been served. Mm-hmm. We know what yes. this Oof. is. So that's to me yeah, how I you think, can kind of piece it together. But yeah, definitely. I like that they weren't so overt about it until Joel found the bodies and stuff like that. But like, uh, I think this episode was my, might have been my third favorite behind, I think five is one. And then I loved episode three a crap ton. And then maybe yeah. this one. Like, this is top tier Last of Us. Like, I still love the opening so episode, far. man. I still think I, I like five and episode one the best so far. I think one was like a movie. It was so good. It was oh, just, it was very good. Yeah, so so good. Um, but yeah, this That's whole show. I watched um, season one or just episode one of season one of uh, the Bad Batch, and I, that was one of the things I was going to say is I went into a thing. It was going to be a thirty-minute episode, and that first episode was like an hour and twenty minutes long. It's Whoa. like it felt like <laughs> I a didn't movie. Know that. And I thought they did a great job. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, Gaston said to, like, he's like, there's a lot of filler, so, you know, lower your expectations. But I thought I was completely surprised by, like, how long that first episode was. And it Mm -hmm. does a good job of, like, fleshing out what I think the series is going to be about. So, yeah, I love when that happens. I think they did talk about how the first two episodes of this were supposed to be two separate episodes, but they were like, we need to keep these together. And they talk yeah. about that in the podcast. That, if you listen to the podcast, it makes the nine, I should probably listen to the podcast once the season is over, but like it makes the nine episode count make sense. Yeah. It's basically 10 episodes. But the first, it's basically episode. 10 episodes, but they aired the first two on the first night basically is kind right. of what it ended up being. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah. What a freaking and then episode show. three ended up being kind of long too. The preview so, for next week yeah. held back enough that I'm like, oh, oh man. man. And I have heard Dude. rumblings that the body count is insane. Oh, so, well, I mean, we I played the games. So, we played no. the games, yeah. yeah. I, I am higher. Like, I'm, higher. I'm like, I've heard I'm like picturing in my head that, that whole scene, like that whole moment towards the end of just like, it's just a bunch of silence and then like obviously yeah. the sounds of, you know, weapons and so on and so forth. But like, I so, just, I, I almost want a half hour of like just silence and him and just, things happen like so I, I i expect them to let it hit home a lot more the heaviness of what he's doing in the game yeah. i didn't feel the heaviness of it really 
as much. Like I understood. Yeah. I think as you but... went along, it was more because it's like, oh, this is like still going. But yeah, like... but it was still kind of like monsters in a closet that kept coming out to attack mm. you and like get into position, and you have to like use all. So it was a little video gamey still to me. Sure. And I, even though like it's not like I felt good about, it. I understood why it was was bad, but it just wasn't yeah. super heavy. It was the second yeah, game this... that underscored how how heartbreaking that was for the Sony. Show, sure. Yeah. The yeah, show yeah. really yeah. has a chance to sell like the school shooting nature of what actually happens. Like it's, yeah. it's a terrifying thing that that happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I it's felt one like, man. like yeah. season, or part two, the context that they provided to the end of part one and now going into the show, knowing all of the context, right. I think, I think I'm kind of curious how they're going to do that certain scene. Am I going to spoil it? I'm guessing Where? they're going to open on some people in the hospital to connect us with them first, but I could be wrong. I feel like this episode is oh going to open with them, yeah. but I, I could be wrong. I would think. I could see I them doing like that, that to get us, yeah. us invested in being like, these are good people. And like, if they do, yeah. everyone who's played the game is going to be like, crap. You son of a... Like, they did the Shit. same thing with Sarah. Like, at the first yes. episode, I'm like, stop making us spend time with her. Yeah, stop making us love this girl. This is annoying. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll talk about episode nine next week, of course. I'm looking forward to the season finale. I'm going to rewatch wow. the series when it's over. I already watched too. it. I'm from the future, so... I'm from the, I'm <laughs> Derek from the told future. us, guys, I saw episode nine. We're like, what? How'd you do that? Um, it was uh, Uncle Uncle Warner over at HBO. It's your buddy. It's always it. the uncles. It's always it. the uncles. Yep. Guys, I want to check in with our new favorite segment, Try Hard Tracker. And I'm going to do it in the form of a game this week. You guys are going to make some guesses. Oh, so sweet. here's how this entry is going to work. Uh, this is our gaming reviews, Try Hard Tracker entry. Oh. We'll, we'll circle back to this because there's so many of these. But I grabbed nine. Um, so I took some quotes from mediocre or bad scores of games that generally reviewed really well. So my criteria was on Metacritic, if it's really high, like over 80 for sure, but typically most of these are in the 90s, but there was some really low or mediocre or bad score. I want to take a quote from that review and read it to you, removing some important information. And I want you to try to guess what game is this try hard reviewer giving a low score to oh this is a brilliant way to do it. all right i love it i Here love we... it here's entry number one now remember these are all well-reviewed games in general but i'm going to read you a quote from a poor review for a generally well-reviewed game or at least a mediocre here we go this is their quote not mine it is the difference between the godfather part one and part two between inglorious bastards and triumph of the will between just cause 2 and jfk reloaded in the former examples, the audience can get behind the anti-heroes depicted for whatever reason and condone their admittedly awful actions. But in the latter group, the subject of the ma- subject matter or the protagonist's morals are too skewed from the norm to be comfortably witnessed. That's what it's like to play this game. And I won't say what game it is. What game do you think they were reviewing where they are talking about not being able to get behind the horrible actions are, are we going, uh, of anti-heroes? Just take a guess. Just throw it out there. Last of Us Part 2 is my guess. That would be my guess. So one of the one of us recent. It's definitely sequels. a sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a sequel. Red Dead Redemption. That that would be my other guess. You're much Red closer, Dan, too. but it's not Red okay. Dead. I'm much it's, closer. Okay. You're much closer. Well, if it's there's no way it's like GTA Five. It is GTA Five. Oh. What? <laughs> of course you can't what? get behind the. Per- oh my god, dude! Imagine trying to be like yeah. morally. Wait, right playing GTA uh, 5. So are they comparing 4 and 5? Is that what they mean? 4 and 5? They're saying that in Godfather Part 1, you know you're cheering for anti-heroes, but sure. you understand them and they understand their awful actions. 
Um, but in the following movies, you couldn't. And the, so, and I, first of all, I'm like, you're going to tell me Godfather Part Two is bad? What is wrong with you? It's better Part than one. I know. That's my take. That's at where least. I was like, yeah. blown away. I think this is one of the dumbest takes. This is from the Escapist. <laughs> Uh, they Escapist scored it. A, I've seen that name before. Yeah, they yes. scored it a seventy out of a hundred, and is and Grand Theft Auto Five. If you didn't know that, had a ninety-seven on Metacritic, average, yeah. average of ninety-seven. Wow, that sounds like a swimming in sevens opinion. Yeah, that is a <laughs> that, that opinion mediocre. Is very I approve of his review. Okay, <laughs> thanks, Derek. <laughs> All right, here's number two. This time, see if you. Well, some of these. Also, by pretty, the way saying triumph for the will just for like shock value in your review is just so <laughs> that I is the so. try hardest comparison you could possibly make dude i i agree so much yeah so freaking dumb all right here we go so um dumb so i'll remove the game's name this game's questionable design choices might have been more excusable if developer name redacted if they had dreamed up a better story and when the game does wind up for a curveball the results can be jejune <laughs> can we talk about how annoying the word jejune is real quick oh, what is I, that somebody has access to a thesaurus.com j-u-n-e j-u-n-e jejune what the hell is that word even mean superficial i think it means like it's, it's boring it's been done it's it's yeah. uh mundane Dry, yeah Sounds like a j- jackass. It sounds, yeah, it, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Thesaurus.com wrote this. But I'll give you the review. developer. Uh, this game's questionable design choices might have been more excusable if Nintendo had dreamed up a better story. Oh, oh, uh, this is Breath of the Wild. It is Breath of the Wild. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is from Slant Magazine. My oh. first guess would have been Mario. They're Odyssey, probably but... still around. So Slant Magazine gave us a three out of five. Uh, even though it also has a 97 on three Medicaid. out of five, three out of five, because the results are jejune, jejune. All right, jejune like sounds it. like a character in the game. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, like somebody you would meet in oh like a village. That sounds like the name of an octopus. Made up that character. word. What what dumb word is that? Who's the jackass that made up the word jejune? Like, Someone who writes it and then like they just brag to everyone how they include that word in review. I made this um, word jejune. It's, yeah, it's somebody, who, somebody with a stutter was like, I can't I... believe we're only in jejune. You're <laughs> oh right, my that gosh. is uninteresting. <laughs> I made up a word over 20 years ago, and I used it in like my normal language, and people never caught it. Which, never by the way, did, did not condone the, uh, making fun of uh, people with stutter. No, that was just oh, Jeff. It's, it's just Jeff and Derek uh, that are being bad. We're being good, Dan. All right. Today, here we go. Here's another one. If you accept the pedestrian gameplay in fill in the blank is the least important of the ex- part of the experience, despite the long hours struggling and restruggling with it, you might conclude that this is a remarkable game. This game is supported by a tremendous amount of creative insight, most of which, most of which is unconcerned with the craft of game design. Elden Ring. Bad game design. That just, that was a whole lot I, of like. I say Elden Ring because I wrote that for Elden Ring. <laughs> that was like a whole lot of just like general stuff to yeah, say. Yeah, pe- they're Very saying pedest- pedestrian gameplay, long hours struggling and restruggling with it. That's what made me go, and oh, it's a from soft game. They insult the overall game design because they're saying that whoever made this is unconcerned with the craft of game design. Hmm. So is it Elden Ring? No, it's a, no. It's, a naughty, it's a naughty dog game. 
Oh, then it's like. Oh. Uh, then it's like. Uh, Uncharted Four. No, it's got to be Last of Us Part Two. Then is it? It's Last of Us Part One. Okay. Part, part one? one. Wow. <laughs> I see. I would. I would see. The reason I went Part Two is because oh, game design. A lot of people hated that. Like they hated the shit. People like the, the way the first one plays. People dislike yeah. the way the first one plays more though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I don't so know that why one, though. Of course, Last of Us Part One got a 95 on Metacritic, and the outlet quarter to three gave it a three out of five. Oh my gosh, these people they don't exist. There's no way they exist anymore. <laughs> how how are we not on Metacritic are, at this point? Can we just are, give them a link and be like, hey, yeah, these we're, are Metacritic reviewers, so they somehow are legit on Metacritic. Somehow they're legit. <laughs> I feel like anyone could be on Metacritic. I don't know how people get on there. Any anyway. schmuck can be on Metacritic. Any Jujine right. person can here get go. on Metacritic. Uh, here we go. This next game. God the combat damn. is beefy enough to carry you through the slower stretches. Even when you're lopping off heads of dragons, it can feel like all you're really killing is time. Dragon Age. Uh, um, Does Elder Ring oh, have dragons? Uh, Skyrim. No? It's, it's a Elden very, Ring. very recent okay. game. It's not oh. Elden Ring? It is or it's not? Oh, okay. More That's recent true. than Elden Ring. More recent? Chopping off dragons? Hogwarts Legacy? No, they don't do that in Hogwarts Legacy. And that's yeah, not that high rated. This is a great example of a game that, or a person. I'm not sure they played the game. They just assumed you do this. <laughs> yeah, because you're saying chopping off dragons heads. So I'm like, I'm trying to think of anything with dragons in it. But... What did we pick as our combined game of the year last year? Oh, oh. God. Why is my brain going? God of War Ragnarok. God of War Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Yeah. That is a review for God of War Ragnarok. Chopping from off can you read it again? The combat is beefy enough to carry you through the slower stretches. Even when you're lopping heads off dragons, it can feel like what you're really killing is time. That's stupid. We literally don't do that in the game. This person did That's not play this game. Stupid. <laughs> um, this is for Edge magazine. They gave it a 7 oh, out of 10. Well, then that it's means they so were trying edgy. to be edgy. Yeah, That's exactly what they were Or you're saying the wrestler Edge wrote it. Listen, I would feel bad making fun of these outlets, but you guys are tryhards here, not us. It's not our fault, okay? You're the ones doing this to yourselves. Here we go, number five. (laughs) You're the ones doing this to yourselves. Uh, In its current state, this game feels like it caters too much to Twitch experts. It doesn't bend for the rest of us. A challenge that feels like a learning experience is welcome, but this game too often feels like it was kicking me in the balls and leaving me helpless to do anything about it. Twitch That's Elden Ring. Close. Is it close? Oh, um, oh, then Bloodborne. Sekiro, Bloodborne. Yeah, there we go. Okay, Bloodborne. This was from Which Game. Which makes less sense than Elden Ring. <laughs> like to write that about because I've heard Bloodborne is actually a little bit more approachable than like, yeah, other from soft games. That's what I've heard. Yes, yeah. in that you don't have to get stuck on a spot like you do on some of those other games. Gotcha. Uh, this is from Game Critics. They gave it a seven out of ten, uh, even though that game had a ninety-two on Metacritic. Mm. probably the least that's probably the least egregious of all these let's get to some worse ones here we go okay um this game feels as inevitable as it does unnecessary this four-part series should have ended after part one uncharted four it's uncharted four there you go (laughs) i agree with them and this was a review (laughs) from this is a review from the washington post and he gave it a seven out of washington that that is freaking definitely a female writer that's going on okay oh my god no this is the one time i'll say this to people stick to politics what do you guys (laughs) what do you guys think the washington post scored it out of five 
out of uh, five, out a of two. five, two point five, a, a two, a two out of five. Wow, wow, right? He gave Uncharted four a two out. Of, how did you? You didn't play the game if you gave it a two out of five. You just didn't. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, you didn't play the game. I'm sorry. Yeah, I I don't like this whole reviewing things less than a five for games that are actually well made. Yeah, like undeniably, right? You can visually see it's incredibly well crafted. Yep. Like yep. the lowest I think you're allowed to go for stuff like that is like six, like or five. Like I mean, that's yep. you know. All right, this one's right. a little. This one's a little bit uh, lengthier of a review clip here, just because I thought a lot of this was pretty interesting. You might guess this one based on the description too. Here we go. Mm. Thanks to poor, bigger is better design choices, technical gaffes, obtuse exploration, a bromidic narrative. Another dumb word, bromidic. A br- a, a, are you saying abromidic or bromidic? No, a space bromidic. Bromidic. So, so it's got a lot of bros in it. Bromidic. Yeah. It's another word that means dull and tiresome. These people just the sorest. <laughs> oh, let me let me help them out. Okay. Oh my so God. poor design choices, technical gaffes, obtuse exploration, a jejun narrative, and zero <laughs> atmosphere. This game is so crushingly disappointing. It's a mere shadow of the studio's far superior previous games. From top to bottom, every positive for every positive is a glaring negative that derails any goodwill this game tries to build up with the player. What's truly striking about this game, I keep taking the title out. Uh, is just how poorly it capitalizes on its terrific paranormal premise. And on paper, it all sounds like a surefire hit. Unfortunately, this is all of this is rendered moot when it quickly becomes clear that the actual story at the heart of the game is incoherent, predictable, and eye-rollingly bromidic. Pick, pick a Resident Evil. I don't know which one. No? Oh, okay. Paranormal. They use the word bromidic twice. I just wanted to point that out. That's, I know, so I feel that like is so it's Gears of, Gears of Evil. Gears of Evil. I was going to say, I was leaning Gears, actually. Yeah, but, but can I just ask, how can something be incoherent and predictable and bromidic, which pretty much means, like, been done before, it's boring, it's bland, like, it's it's mundane. So how can it be incoherent while being those things that doesn't make any sense you can predict that it's not going to make sense yeah that sentence makes is incoherent yeah i don't understand it any any other any guesses this is a generally well-reviewed game it wasn't in the 90s but it was generally very well reviewed well the the score that they gave it better be like one out of ten based on give us the year the game came out this game came out in 2019 it was in conversation for a game of the year but it wasn't oh um but it wasn't it didn't win it was um, it was in the top 10 What's Shit. a par- uh, paranormal? Control? Control? Yeah, control. control. Yes. Yeah. Oh, control. Gotcha. This was by, uh, which by the way, uh, has an 85 on Metacritic. So it's not one of the highest scoring ones, but we got this covered, gave it a two out of five. Okay. Wow. And I have a problem with a female lead game that they use bromedic twice in their. <laughs> they knew what they were doing. <laughs> bromedic <laughs> doesn't mean what you think it means. <laughs> bromedic. All right, this is another game I, that you guys know. Here we go. It's never a great sign when the game's characters seem bored with what they're asked to do. It's also a game that takes what worked as a condensed introduction to a full story and dilutes it with tens of hours spent meandering out, I'm um, sorry, meandering around between plot developments, draining them of much excitement in the process. The impact of its best moments is stretched too thin and its pacing is skewed by overindulgence and busy work. There's one clue in there that might tell you what it is. It sounds like an RPG. It is. Yeah, Persona it is. Five. the the big The big clue is that it it's uh this it's also a game that takes what worked as a condensed introduction to a full story. Mm. 
I was thinking Persona. And dilutes it with tens of hours of content. Witcher 3. Nope. It is... Witcher 2. 2020's no, Final Fantasy 7 Remake. Oh my uh, god. Wow. <laughs> well, I fully endorse that review right. as well. <laughs> that, that game was... Which, of course, garbage. we know that game's at an 87 on Metacritic. It was very well-reviewed. Who wrote this? And EGM... Gave it a three out of five. The person, I want names. <laughs> EG- I want oh, look, look at Bro Matic is getting all pissed off now. Yeah, who's who's the person? Um, who's the cuck that wrote this this cuck. this review? <laughs> I just listen. I played this game. It wasn't it wasn't my game of the year, but it was in my top three. I loved this game. Me too. And I don't for a minute remember feeling like the game's characters are bored with what they're doing. Well, it's because Cloud has a very straight face about him because of reasons that we can't fully dive into yet because we don't know everything yet. I or guess. Or for people, yeah. who haven't, people who haven't played the original, like Jeff, for example. But I mean, if you're going to say that, you got to say that about so many games where the characters don't aren't very oh, expressive. Sure. So. I mean, I'm in the middle of playing Octopath Traveler 1, and every single time the thief gets interrupted with a battle, he's like, I got something better to do. Every <laughs> single time he says that. I got something better. Like, <laughs> sounds like my type of guy. Yeah. I got something better. All right, last that is one. literally a character that's bored with what Last one. We'll move on from this week's Try Hard Tracker. Here we go. Remove the ho-hum gameplay, and the rest is an interactive movie. That's decent enough for one walkthrough. Don't go for seconds, though. And if you're still craving for a space opera by the time you're done with this game, better rent all five seasons of Babylon 5. A space? Mass oh, effect? Mass Effect something. Which one? Mass Effect two. Uh, three. Two. Two. Because oh, two. Two. two is the best reviewed, right? It's a 96 on Metacritic. Yeah. And Absolute, Absolute Games gave it a 74. Because it's got ho-hum gameplay. What? Ho-hum. Ho-hum. What does that even mean? Like, what You mean it plays better play, than the first one? Yeah, so ho-hum. The gameplay was like a huge... And it's one of the most the replayed first. RPGs. I like. It says don't go for seconds. I'm like, everyone who's played this has played it many times. Like, right. Yeah, because <laughs> you want different... You want to see who you I can just, make survive. I just yeah. finished two late last year. Yeah. And started three. Also, some of the... A lot Which of these scores... The one of the things I learned as I was reading through a lot of these was like... Sometimes they write things because they want to use certain terms like jejun and bromidic. I'm, I swear they want to use some of these terms, um, but they want it sound real biting and real critical because I'm a sure. smart, deep thinking critic. But then they give it a score that's like, all right, well, seven out of ten isn't like you hate it. It's just like you didn't love it. And I still think it's a dumb score. But mm-hmm. so sometimes the score doesn't match up with what I read. Sure. Uh, yeah. They that's, always that's the come thing. across as reading. pretentious. Yeah. And like, I mean. Yeah. That's why the whole art, the whole conversation and, and stuff all these years about scores versus reading the actual reviews or, or even just watching. You can watch reviews now, like, yeah. I mean, and listen to the words, you know, like, well, people because just go the, for the weight of yeah. something like if I well, we've seen it on our podcast, like I put more emphasis on gameplay, whereas other people put more emphasis on story. So sure. You might not like a story and you drop the game four points and you're like, it's a six out of ten. The story was unsatisfying, stupid, where I'm like, I'll drop it one point. The gameplay was king. Don't care about oh. the fact that it didn't have a story. Yeah. But so I that's kind of like a general but... thumbs up, thumbs down. Like, I, I do like that sometimes and get a, yeah. an idea of overall, do people think this is a good or bad experience? But the people that are writing like that specific example, at least, uh, where they're writing seven out of 10 reviews for a game where the language doesn't match seven out of 10. I just no. wish they would grow a set and give it, it sounded the like a really four or five out of 10. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
Some of those it sound like a one out of five. Crazy. Like uh, there are people that I know that like score things, and I'm like, everything you just said does not say six out of ten. It says two out of ten. I don't because, know what. Because as we've discussed before, not everyone likes to use all the points on a ten or twenty point scale. They want right. to use just the top half. It's a five to ten scale. Not like, a one to, to say 10. it's five yeah. is basically the same thing as saying one to some folks. And I'm like, it right. shouldn't be. Not right. if you have the whole no. scale to yes, work with. Yes, but right. I think also not just with the reviewers, but this even goes true with like. Get, gamers like we like to complain so oh, like sure. even yeah. i mean even we are technically complaining about complaining. that's most of but, our podcast stop it yes we like to, complain we do like to complain so that's how they like they might score a game pretty decently and enjoy it overall but they're only going to point out what annoyed them because that's what they focus on yeah and even i've been guilty of where i'll be like i love this game but i'll get really mad at one thing and unless i sit back and go okay that can't control your entire opinion of this game just because you have one bad experience with it when overall it's good agreed Agreed. Also, well, I realized I just uh, I contradicted myself by saying score it what you mean and then chastising people for giving triple A games <laughs> three out of ten because it <laughs> I just contradicted myself. Whoops. Uh, but at least you noticed it and called it. You weren't jejun yeah. about it. You know? No, it wasn't. Uh, yeah, it wasn't like it. some jejun bromidic cuck about nope, it. So. Nope, nope. <laughs> yeah, but all of these words need to be deleted. I still kind of <laughs> agree with that, though, too. Like, I feel like Again, it's my subjective feelings, but on a scoring table that's one to ten, I think if you're getting really, really low, that should be broken area. And if it's not broken and it's objectively mm-hmm. like this, like for instance, um, what were some of the games we were talking about? Well, any of the games we were talking about, they're all triple A, like high caliber, like anything Naughty Dog does. Mm-hmm. You can you can subjectively dislike it. I don't have a problem with that. But you cannot objectively tell me that it's a broken mess, that it doesn't work on what it's trying to do. To me, if something works, like if you know what it's trying to do and it and it works, yeah, I don't think you can you should be scoring anything extremely right. low. Like you can say you don't like it and you can t- point out why you don't like it, but I don't think you should be giving yeah. super yeah. low scores for stuff that has a mission, has a goal, and then nails it, and then you're just like, ah, oh, three out of ten, because I didn't like it. The okay. writing was bad. I don't mind a score that has Thanks, some... Sean Messler. I know you got a degree, but Gabe's <laughs> still freaking good. Really, really, oh, just, really just calling him out. Derek like, just calling name. out first and last names in here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, zip code 72, whatever. I don't mind a <laughs> score when they, when they have some kind of, like, um, explanation <laughs> or math to it. Like, when the, the Switch Up YouTube channel does a really cool job of saying, like, Hey, on these areas, we give it 18 out of 20. On this one, we get a 16 out of 20. And this one, it's a 19 out of 20. And overall score, it lands at this. And they kind of like, like break it down. Like to me, I'm like, all right, I see what you're doing. You at least have some kind of method to your madness. And you're like, there's a system. Take the average out of like five areas you're judging. Yeah. 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 I think that's great. I think that's really smart. It's not the only way to do it, but I think that is a good way to do it. Right. Instead of just, here's a random number. It was great. This yeah. feels like a six. Like, why? why like, like, like that review about, and I'm only hanging on the Mass Effect 2 review because we just heard it. Uh, the language they used would have told me, oh, that's a five out of 10 review. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because the game's not broken. They were just yeah, you, displeased. You told us that, like, the gameplay is ho hum and it's not even worth a second attempt, even though it's a game that's centered around a lot of choices and characters living very, or dying and relationships. Like, yeah. 
how could you tell me it's not worth a second playthrough? Like, I, I don't understand. And you're saying yeah. you're better off just renting a, a, a series. Babylon 5. Babylon 5. <laughs> the most random sci- All right. like, series. At least be. say like Battlestar Galactica if you're going to yeah, say something. Yeah, I know. Like Babylon, <laughs> Babylon 5. I know there are yeah. hardcore uh, nerds out there, and I'm not using that in that pejorative way, uh, that really love that show. Yeah, we call them Five Babies. But oh, they sorry. are like so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Five babies. Babble, babies of five. Um, it's just not, it's way more niche than that review gives it credit yeah, for. Like, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Well, there you go. There's our try hard tracker. We'll get back to that at some point, maybe with reviews, maybe with other stuff, maybe with some comments. I, I found a whole bunch of different areas we can dig into some try hard tracking and make yeah. fun of it and or play games around it. It's a good time. Um, sorry you missed it again, Kyle. We, we miss having Kyle here. Um, yeah. But. We will uh, we'll make sure to do this again. I'll try to plan it for when he's for sure going to make it. All right, let's go into a few headlines. I'm going to go a little bit out of order. We usually kind of break it down by Microsoft, Nintendo, Sony, and then broaden it out to anything general. I'm going to start in general, and then we're going to go Xbox, Nintendo, Sony, because I want to end it up with some Sony and Microsoft drama. Oh, we'll wrap it up with that. boy. Because that I'm is not drama not. for your mom. Because it is delicious. I literally right. just uh, played a scene in Octopath Traveler where somebody was eating something and the subtitles had om nom nom nom. And I was like, <laughs> he must be eating the pol- bowl of drama. That's like, that's that's what he's doing. Um, <laughs> Alright, so Hogwarts Legacy is coming to PS4 and Xbox One, but they've been pushed back to May 5th. Not too far, but they're coming out on May 5th. Um, Why even game anymore then? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Give up, just give up. I feel give like up. those versions of this game are gonna be fine. Not probably not super pretty and like some bad draw distance, but I think they're probably gonna be fine. Yeah. I think the Switch version, which I don't think there's is there a release date for that one? No, they just said later. Oof, I don't know, man. Like yeah. <sighs> for Hogwarts? Yeah. Oh, I think it'll be fine. If they can get the Witcher, they'll make it ugly. That, but it that's been my fine. argument too, but like it's probably not gonna look great. But and not, I'll I'll be honest. I bought The Witcher 3 on the Switch, okay. and I wasn't, like, upset by the way it looked. I, oh. I obviously compare it to a 3090 PC. Yeah, it yeah, sucks. Yeah, it's kind of look ridiculous, but, yeah. But I, for what it was, I was like, oh, this works. It, it looks yeah. good. It was also the first ability to do, this is before the Steam Deck came out, you could do cross-save. You could play on your Switch, cross-save, go play it on Steam on your computer. So that was cool to be able to do to do mm-hmm. that now i got the steam deck. um all right so city skylines 2 was announced for pc and consoles for some time this year i know city skylines is a pretty popular city building game people love that one uh it's been across you, haven't you played it and you like it have, or? i have played it yeah. i do like it i kind of i kind of like the old school sim city games a little better more of a grid base this one has uh-huh. some really cool features though like it, it does let you do some fun stuff yeah so yeah, yeah. Mm. if you like building cities and you're not like because a lot of city builders include a lot of battle elements, and that can like be stressful. Like I was Make just vampires. trying to peacefully build my city, and all of a sudden I got attacked. Yeah, uh, yeah. and I know that can be stressful. So like, if you truly just want like a mostly casual city builder, these are good one. This is a good one. I assume the sequel will be good too. But you still have the stress of like people getting mad at you and taxes and all that kind of stuff. Different well, there's there's stress. always like natural disaster. Like SimCity games natural have the disasters. natural disasters and things. And yep, yep. But those that that has been announced officially uh, for some time this year. Capcom had a uh, live stream this week. I know Jeff, you wrote down some some highlights from that. Do you know anything you want to call out that you saw or Dan? Oh, or not real. I mean, uh, anybody that's into Exoprimal, I don't think it's any of us here. But the open beta is uh, happening next week. Um, I'm interested in that. I'm not sold on yeah. it. it looks the idea way looks too much absurd. like Anthem. 
You don't have to yeah, be sold like on it. It's gonna be on, it's gonna be on Game Pass on launch day. You'll be fine. Yeah, it will be on Game Pass. Yes. Uh, Resident Evil is doing an animated movie that's coming out this summer, but I don't know what style of animation. I didn't actually watch it. What's well, so the C- It's the CG ones, right? Is, the, is the, it the CG, CG ones? ones? Yeah, yeah. Death Island. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, so CG that's the ones. that's that's all I I mean Those I have nothing really. We already talked about Resident Evil Four having a demo, so there's nothing really else worthy of uh, recapping. Oh, Ghost Trick. I, I I think that one. I think I recall that one. Yeah, Unless I'm thinking of something else. Yes, you're right. It's oh, coming to PS4 on June 30th. Ghost Trick. Yeah. Um, no, no, I'm thinking something else. Never mind. So Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak, that major expansion, is going to be hitting all the other consoles. It's on Switch and PC now. And mm-hmm. uh, now you can get the Sunbreak expansion on all of the consoles at the end of April. Um, and, of course, there's Capcom sales all over the place. So pretty much every platform has major Capcom sales right now. I saw it on the Switch eShop yesterday. I, I saw it on Steam. All Resident Evil games now. Yeah, there's a lot of really good deals. Do it now. So go check those out. Do it. Um, we have a delay. I wish our delay czar were here to announce this for us, but uh, he is not. Um, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. This is actually more of a story than just a delay. If they had just said, hey, we're delaying it for polish, and there's nothing else about it, we'd all be like, all right, this happens, and it's not that surprising. This but, is just a rumor, though, right? Well, Jason Schreier from Bloomberg, like, say what you want about him. Like, he's not I hate him. wrong. He's got sources, and I, he's usually and he's got... He's always some... wrong. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but he's, okay. Not, he's not wrong about this stuff. Yeah, I got it. But he's yeah, yeah. usually wrong about it. He everything. usually has pretty good sources. His, his, prof- his job is a high enough profile. He can't just be spouting stuff out. Like, he's got some legit sources for this. Um, but the way he worded it, is something that other outlets have taken and run with in a way I'm not sure he totally intended, but I think he knew what he was doing. He wanted it to say uh, that they've delayed it after they didn't, he didn't say because of after getting a lot of fan backlash from the reveal. Sure. So he was trying to say, no, this was just like a delay and also standard delay. Yeah. Separately, they were criticized by fans a lot recently. It's like you made it sound as if it, the delay was because he did. Of that, yeah, right? and the, every other headline after was saying that too. Yep. Oh, yep. for sure. See, I, I just speaking personally, I'm not saying that they did or not. Whatever, I don't know anything about the story. I just knowing corporate America, that is not how they work. They don't yeah. go into panic mode and go, oh, throw millions of dollars away uh, and delay <laughs> this because a few idiots yelled on YouTube. No. They yeah. don't work that right. way. It only worked with the Sonic movie because I think even execs at the <laughs> movie movie studio were like, yes. "This is a bad idea. The we Sonic shouldn't." Movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of reliable, hilarious. speaking of reliable sources, uh, Jeff Grubb, who's a reporter for Giant Bomb, he I think he is pretty reliable when he talks about yeah. stuff. Um, and he talked about how and this is a quote from him. He says, "I don't want to cause a panic or anything, but I've heard it's not even coming this year. I'm hearing 2024." Earlier this evening, I heard they're like, this is a delay-ass delay. Like, this is a bigger delay (laughs) than is even being put out there. We'll see, he said. That stuff is hard to nail down for sure. I'll say that this source has always been a very good one. But here's my, and I'm not, again, I'm not saying they're not right, but my issue is you just advertised this game. It's supposed to come out in two months. You spent, what, 20 minutes showing us this game? I just have they trouble paid, believing. They paid Sony so much money. Yes, I have trouble believing that they're just going to be like, yeah, let's just delay it for a whole year. I don't know, man. I, I have trouble believing that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It hasn't even been officially confirmed as having a delay. Has it? True. We, yeah, no, we only so. heard it from sources. There was no like tweet from the studio that was like, yeah. 
Oh, we gotta polish it, mm-hmm. and then making some mm-hmm. puns in a Harley Quinn way or whatever. Yeah, there's nothing making fun of us. On yeah. Twitter <laughs> and, uh, Please, please. I actually have not watched the PlayStation State of Play or whatever where they showed mm-hmm. off the game. I watched like thirty seconds. Um, so I don't fun. get I don't get all of the um, drama behind it, but everything that it's been described, it just sounds like it's the same whining I've heard before where it's like it sounds like it's a games of service type game and people freak out about that right away instead of just going it could still be good they can still do both Mm -hmm. we'll see it's a service game in the sense that Gotham Knights is where it's just gear management and that's it like it, then it's you not, will not hear me. It's complain. not an actual service, like game as a service. Like sure. that's that's how it struck me. Is like it's more in the vein of Gotham Knights. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's like Destiny. How everything has color, all the different colored things and and different yeah. tiers of equipment with the colors yeah. and you know. Why all that would stuff. they complain about that? But even less as a service. Sure. Uh, I don't think they're going to well, be like. I think some people just don't it. like the the because like with those games it can be excessive, right? It can get to the point where it's almost like a um, oh, yeah. Borderlands where it's just like you're just inundated with shit, and people yeah. don't yes. like to like fish through that crap, right? And, and Ubisoft is guilty it, of that sometimes too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like I can get that to an extent, but I mean, yep. I don't know. Like, I mean, I think I, I don't think get me wrong. Service... I don't want everything to be the same. Like, I love yeah, loot yeah. games. But yeah. if you keep giving me loot games, eventually I'll turn on you and be like, "Okay, stop, please." Yeah. I think I just of games want like a service linear uh, game with no loot. It's it's hit or miss. Sometimes they can seem really predatory. They are really predatory, and it's a problem. And sometimes I'm kind of like, "No, I get it. Like that's a that's a type of game that clicks with a lot of like Fortnite, of course, is the biggest example. But there's mm-hmm. others. I would say Sea of Thieves is also essentially a games of service. The way that they have their seasons and their passes, and you buy totally. all this aesthetic stuff and. I mean, that's, but I think it can still be a, at, at its core for some people who like that kind of game. It's a really fun game. Mm-hmm. So, and so it doesn't have to be bad. And, and I don't I think I would even hitting me over the head with their games of service stuff. I don't remember no. it being obnoxious, no. but I would even put Forza Horizon 5 as a game as a service because yes. they just keep doing daily stuff every day, rewarding you new cars, spins. That was so stuff. addicting, man. They are constantly doing new stuff every single day, but because it's so good, nobody looks at it that way. Man, what a, you know, maybe maybe they're more saying games as a service, but they're, it's people more upset that the whole having to be connected thing, which I think is incredibly stupid. That's why you actually have to be connected. That's the thing people don't realize is the the reason they want to be connected is probably so they can advertise yeah. new updates and sure. all that stuff every day. Um, I don't have a problem with that. Again, we're not living in the same world we were living in. I mean, most people can connect to their internet. Most people are always connected. I don't think it's a huge issue. I just think in general, and I, I haven't seen it as much, but I'm not in the big groups as often, um there's usually an overreaction to certain games i think gotham knights definitely got it this game's definitely getting it and we've already made some made fun of some of the criticism that we've seen where it's like well they made batman batman was an investigator and this game doesn't have any investigation (laughs) what is that old uh what's the old guy on the the old time (laughs) cowboy voice there (laughs) Um, I, I actually do. I'm with I'm with Dan on this one. Like I I do find the always online thing to be annoying. There's mm-hmm. a lot of reasons for that. I do find that I just to be think annoying. Anything can happen, right? Literally, at, like their servers could be acting weird, and suddenly well, you I've can't had play Xfinity a game, just like, tell me, "Sorry, your signal's out today." Like that's or, happened or that, before. Like, yeah. Um. So like that can happen. Also, we 
just to be honest, we aren't the only gamers in the world, and we have a much more reliable connection than a lot of sure. people way outside of the U.S. So this is impactful, yeah. even though it, we not we probably aren't going to feel it um, for the most part. That I think it should be an option, like that. And I'm sure it's not. It, it's not. I can't, I'm just going to say this as a general thing, but obviously it's more complicated than that because making games is hard. But I think there should be an option in there where those type of games, it's like, all right, so I'm just completely offline and I don't get whatever these updates are, where you're throwing in random, ge- randomly generated missions. Like I don't care. Turn that off. I'm offline. Yeah. Don't care. AI controlled characters. Just let me play the game, or I can turn it on and I get those yeah. things. Like that should be what it is. Like. So yeah. I hopefully I that's why there's don't have a problem with mm. what you're saying, but again, I'm and I'm not saying what I'm about to say is accurate. I'm just trying to think of it from a business standpoint. Again, the same gamers will whine and complain when these companies let go of a bunch of employees. Yet, why do you think they keep employees on? Because they try to keep these games as games of service so they can keep getting funds and keep updating the games and keep getting you to play. So it's you're yelling about one thing and then complaining when there's an effect to that one thing that you just whined and said, you need to cut that out. Well, now you've lost. People are going to lose their jobs. That's why they want to do this. They want to keep these games active and alive because they can continually make money which then obviously allows them to keep people on if you don't have that if you're only selling a single player experience that's cut off from being online there's no updates none of that then you have to accept that there's going to be people that lose their jobs after that game releases because that's the way it works so that's why i've always been like i don't have a problem if you're going to treat it like that as long as you're not forcing me to buy anything if you want your game online and always online, I don't have an issue with it because I generally get the idea of why you're doing that. You want to keep updating it. You want to keep intriguing me. You want me to keep coming back. And that keeps them active, keeps them employed. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Suicide Squad. My prediction is that I do think it'll come out this year. I feel like this 2024 rumor is probably bogus, but who knows, man? Who knows what'll happen? We'll see. We'll see. It's a great um, way to start drama and get a bunch of stories off of no news. They very, created yeah, news with true. no news. That is true. There still is not nothing official about a delay at all, let alone a long delay. But uh, RoboCop Rogue City got a new gameplay trailer at the Nacon Direct. We swapped, talked about Nacon a little earlier. Kind of a kind of like Focus Interactive type of publisher. Um, but RoboCop Rogue City has a delayed release window. The reason it's delayed is it was pushed back into like this spring at one point a while ago. Now they're saying, hey, it's now most likely going to be supposed to be. uh, It was supposed to be June to June. Oh, that's right. God damn it. And now 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 they're saying September for that uh, that release date. So Mm. it is being developed by existed. It's being developed by Taeyon, the studio behind the 2019 first-person shooter Terminator Resistance, which I never played. Yeah, I never so played either. I think it didn't really be well. a game I don't care about. There you go. RoboCop Rogue City. Uh, speaking of another game that Derek doesn't care about, Lord of the Rings Gollum got a new gameplay trailer, and they're still the, expecting it to arrive by It September. was more of like a story trailer with like very mild gameplay. The RoboCop one at least had a little more gameplay. It made me go, okay. oh, it's a first-person shooter, and it's violent like the movie. Okay, you know? yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, But Gollum was like, I, I, the character animations look really weird for some of the characters, and 
Ugh, I, don't I know. think I've seen some like like little snippets of gameplay before, and that's mm-hmm. what turned me off to that game. It wasn't just I'm not interested in Golem. It was I actually watched it and I was like, oh my god, dude, why is this being advertised all the time? Like they got a lot of work to do. Yeah. You know what's interesting with a game like this? If you've got a smaller studio, much smaller budget, but a big license, in my opinion, that's when you kind of take a left turn, take a, a new design route, whether it's all the way down to like some pixelated version of this or just some new artwork like make it look like watercolor whatever the new kind of give it a new look that you can actually do but they try to make it look like a real like shadow of mordor type of quality game it's not going to look good but why would you give this type of title that belongs to an ip like this to a smaller developer i think they can buy a license to it if it's available to them right that could be wrong i think you can buy it yeah, but um, I'm sure they have to approve it because that's yeah. still putting the Lord of the Rings name on it. It's like I worked for I was in sales and I worked for a company that had nothing to do with Notre Dame or Villanova, but we sold their online uh, courses that were not theirs. They were our courses with their name. All we did was buy their rights to their name. Yeah. And they had to just approve it. They never took the courses. They had not. They weren't affiliated with it at all, as far as gotcha. they didn't have teachers or anything doing the courses. So they still had to approve it, and I, right. I'm just because their names attached to it. So that's why I'm like surprised. Maybe that's part of the reason for the delays. Maybe the game's just not up to snuff. Who knows? Could be. Maybe they're like, guys, no, yeah, stop, this is not, stop. This is not good. <laughs> Um, Neon White could be coming to Xbox and some Microsoft news here, um, according to a new ESRB rating. Be a great Game Pass game, especially at this point in its life where it's it's had some success, you know, probably some surprise success for being such a smaller game. Mm-hmm. And um, it'd be cool if it got to hit Game Pass and get more people to try it out. Yeah, uh, Sounds like Game Pass. Sea of Thieves is getting a documentary from Rare called Sea of Thieves Voyage of a Lifetime. As we all know, if you track that game development at all it was a mess and it took a long time yeah and uh and it was a problem so i i I like seeing documentaries behind the scenes footage interviews i like that kind of stuff so they're gonna pull back the curtain and show things in a raw way as they're as they're just only game we're going in raw guys has actually uh released for microsoft (laughs) you start giggling at your own joke over there (laughs) (laughs) sorry i didn't mean to cut you off there i just said uh from rare um, I think it's their only game that they've released. It might be. Did they what, do like a banjo? So a ba- they did they do a banjo bought, game? Like, they, they did nuts and bolts, didn't they? I think they did uh, a banjo. Maybe. Maybe. Um. Uh, but yeah. Oh, Killer Ants. No. Did they do Killer Ants? No, they didn't do oh. Killer Ants. But that's like twenty years with Microsoft, and they've released what two games? That's awesome. It's pretty bad. <laughs> that's awesome. It's pretty bad. Um, but see if thieves have been such a big hit i think they're like you guys keep doing that you're making us money so yeah um, no they were like just keep doing that because if we start you on a new project it's gonna take us way too oh, yeah i remember what they did how dare you derek for not remembering battle battle toads oh, oh yeah that was a huge release yeah. <laughs> that was a cool game all right uh, i like that game starfield got a new release date as derek broke the news to us uh september 6th heck yeah is, is the release date delay field um there you go there you go i i do wonder if spider-man's gonna end up hitting that month because the first spider-man game hit uh in september of 2018 i believe Mm -hmm. 
Um, so yeah, we'll see if that sticks to that because that was successful. I think for them. Uh, Spider-Man will be PlayStation's big game this year, so it'll probably be November. Okay, could be late. Right? They don't have anything November. else coming yeah. out. I don't think first yeah, party. Right. Um, I don't think they do. I don't think so. Nothing that we know of outside of well, Spider-Man, Final right? Fantasy 16 is. That's true. But that'll be their big. But that'll be their big exclusive holiday game, Spider-Man. That's what I'm saying. And they normally yeah. like to release one in November. Yeah, they could do a late mm-hmm. October. Yeah, but so it might not. It, it'd be interesting if they were like, "Here comes our game, September 5th." It's like, oh, jeez. Yeah, <laughs> it's Star the day before Starfield. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that would be really dumb for Sony because I really think Starfield is going to be. Really, really big. Yeah, I think they'll really, both. I think really they want to. They probably want to stay out of each other's way. To be honest with you. Yes. Um, Xbox Games Showcase and Starfield Direct. Speaking of Starfield, it's going to happen on June 11th during the E3 week. That's Although where they're going to announce the delay. No, <laughs> yeah, the new <laughs> delay for Starfield. Sorry, guys. It is coming out whatever day Sony decides for Spider-Man 2. I don't know what day <laughs> it is. It's going to come out that day. Yeah, delay as delay. Delay no big uh, Nintendo news to share. Really, we already talked about the demo for Bayonetta Origins that you can play now and has progress carrying over. Um, we We're did hear that two months away from Tears of the Kingdom or whatever. We are. That is true. It's literally March twelfth right yep. now. For, and well, I think for me. we're getting to the point now where I'm, I'm like, there can't be a delay. We're too close to it, and like there can't be a delay now. Right? I don't think there will be. I think yeah. this is coming out. I'm so excited. For tell this. tell our little delay. Whatever his name is, to Jejun. fuck off. Yeah, Jejun. Delay Jejun to <laughs> okay. not even try to delay that game. Um, Late into June. This is going to come as a shock <laughs> to you guys, so just... Uh, you might want to sit down if you're not sitting down already. I mean, uh, Square Enix says that Forspoken's launch sales were lackluster. That's shocking. What? Me. And I love the game. I'm really surprised. You guys, you no. failed us. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Don't know if you guys knew that. Uh, this is actually from a meeting that happened in February, early February. So it was shortly after the game launched, but it was just now, uh, the transcript was just now published in English. Um, but he said the games of the, the sales of the game have been lackluster following what he called challenging reviews. Uh, however, the game has received positive feedback on its action like challenging features, as any couldn't read them? Or? Including its parkour and combat <laughs> capabilities. So it's yielded results. Well, after we read some of those quotes, he may yeah, not have been able to read them. But listen to what he says. This, to me, sounds like he's saying, we're not making any more of these, but we might include some of the features in other games. Listen to this. He says, the game's received positive feedback on its action features, including parkour and combat capabilities. So it has yielded parkour. results that will lead to parkour. improvement of our development capabilities of other games in the future. Like you're not making any more forspoken games after this, are you? This, this is uh, I'm trying to think of how, yeah. without spoiling it. I don't even. I mean, the ending. Yeah, you there, could make another one, but you really don't. Uh, like, it's not one of those where it's you're not like, a cliffhanger where you're like, yeah. Oh man, what, we're not gonna get another one. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't know why. It's, I don't know why it's a guy from the south that's very, very <laughs> depressed about there not being a sequel to Forspoken. <laughs> Gosh darn it! <laughs> really upset. They're not. That's my the, game of the year. That's the, my game of the year. Um, I like a that black female lead game. God damn it! I can't remember. Um, um, I can't remember his name right now. He he wrote. Um, was it Rogue One? Why can't I remember his name? Um, I don't know if you guys know. He's the Gilroy brother. I can't. No, I don't know. He was he was basically involved. Who, who did Andor as well? Are you talking about that guy? Maybe. Um, but he was involved early on with um, the story of this game, like w- the premise of this game. And there was like a, there was some stuff going around, I think, a couple of weeks ago 
where there was like an interview and he kind of like mentioned like yeah like oh they, Gary Gary Witta yes thank you Witta yeah. yes Witta um yeah he was like yeah like what we were throwing out there like and what we and what they ended up with in that game was like not the same at all like not a surprise not at even, all. Yeah, yeah not even not close really. so he, yeah he came up with the original concept and the lore for first yeah. spoken and they just wrote around that basically yeah. Apparently yeah. he did a ton of writing for the Walking Dead games, uh, the Telltale games. That's awesome. Yeah, he's done a lot of he's done a lot of writing. Yeah, yeah. I've seen yeah. him a lot. All right, so let's uh, wrap up our headline section with some Sony and Microsoft drama. Now we haven't talked about this, even though there's been developments pretty much every week. There's been some new document released or or comment from Sony or from Microsoft. It literally <laughs> sounds like a divorced couple who's going back into court to fight over something. custody over Call of Duty. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so let me just give you some highlights recently, and you guys might have others that I don't yeah. have here, and I want to hear your we, thoughts on it. I don't know if you said it or not, and I was adjusting and I missed it, but. We on this podcast, we kind of avoid the weekly check in for yeah. this drama because yeah. it's like they're Sometimes just it's not interesting. Yeah. And it's it just it gets a little samey every week. So we we tend to circle back like once a month and be but like some All of right, this has been juicier than usual in. this week. So this oh, is oh, yeah, fun. it was too juicy um, this week to pass up. Yeah. So Sony claims that Microsoft could release a buggy Call of Duty game, a version of the game. For PlayStation consoles, it said that behavioral remedies would be insufficient to address these concerns because there are myriad ways Microsoft could withhold or degrade access, which would be extremely difficult to monitor and police. So here's what they argue. Here's some of their quotes. Uh, if Microsoft failed to comply with this commitment, it would likely only risk paying a fine, possibly many years later. But rivals' access to Call of Duty would be immediately foreclosed, irreparably damaging their ability to compete and ultimately harming consumers. Even if Microsoft operated in good faith, it would be incentivized to support and prioritize development of the Xbox version of the game, such as by using its best engineers and more of its resources. <laughs> There'd be no practical way for us to monitor how Microsoft chooses to allocate those resources and the quality or quantity of engineers it devotes to PlayStation versions of Call of Duty to ensure that Sony would be treated fairly and equally. Basically, they're saying Microsoft is going to give us the lemon version. <laughs> and there's no evidence of that. There's no history of that. There's no reason for them to say that outside of them it just saying. It doesn't even make sense because even if, and I'm I'm guessing he's talking like uh, if it's a 4K game, like native 4K, 60 frames per second, the Xbox Series X will hit that, whereas yeah. PlayStation 5 might be 1800p at 50 frames per second, where it, it bugs out a little bit. Um, but here's my thing. That doesn't make sense because you have to remember that Microsoft makes money off the sales of the game. So if the game is now getting degraded on the PlayStation 5, like let's say the PS5 version or P PS6 versions aren't as good, and you make that audience angry, they're not going to buy your game. Therefore, it actually hurts them, and it hurts their name and repu reputation. Yeah. So it really doesn't make any sense. Like, you would mm -hmm. want to make it equal across the board mm -hmm. because you want to make sure that your name and your reputation stays the same across the board. You don't want, well... You don't want what they're saying or they're hinting at is that they could be shady. Well, then customers aren't dumb. Uh, IGN's yeah. not dumb. GameSpot's not dumb. They're going to write articles. They're going to blast that all over the place. That 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 would do more harm than good. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's no historical precedent for them to ever Man. suspect this. Uh, that's one. And uh, two, this is 
so much of a reach that it fulfills the subtitle of a Halo game. It's basically Halo Reach. This is this is a <laughs> massive reach, all because they don't want Sony uh, PlayStation gamers to boot up their console and have the words Microsoft come on the screen. Yeah. 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 Uh, in any of their games, they don't want anything to do with Microsoft. Can we period. like? It already happens for all Minecraft, that type of and stuff? it probably makes them mad for Minecraft because it's still one of the most played and purchased. Right. Listen, listen, oh, this Jim Ryan. There we go. Listen, all right, let's, Jim let's Ryan hear from Danny and Jimmy over here. <laughs> my my friend Jimmy here is ready. He's got the boxing gloves. All right, you know he's got the boxing gloves. He's ready to fucking throw down. All right, he's getting real tired of what's his face of shit. The guy that always looks stone and tired. What's Billy his name? Spencer. Yeah, Spencer. There, he's getting tired of his crap. All right. They they took they took the baby they took the baby and now they're in in a custody. Now they want pack. the house. They want that. Yeah. <laughs> they took the kids and now they want the house and they want the clothes and the car and he has nothing. He's got nothing left except for his boxing gloves. I mean, do you think though <laughs> that like and call me crazy and Dan, tell me what you think. Do you do you think that this is almost Sony talking like coming up with ideas that of what they might do if they had this kind of power. <laughs> That's what I feel like. Listen, at. Like, like, hey, we would do this. We do it now. What are you I, about? I, I'm very, I'm like way more straightforward about this. Stuff. Like, I think like corporate, uh, corporate, like all these big wigs <laughs> and capitalism. <laughs> he's coming in with the gloves. He's, he got, a he's got a bazooka. If you're just listening, we've got Dan has Jim Ryan oh, from Sony with boxing yeah. gloves, and then Derek just pulled up Phil Spencer from Xbox with a bazooka version of the Xbox series. Jeff X. just needs to put uh, what's his face Reggie saying that his body's ready, and we're all we're ready to go. And then and then Tim can have like a PC master race. I'll have Gabe Newell with just money sitting <laughs> yeah, all around. Gabe yeah. But like, I just think like these CEOs from the from any big company is just a, they're all just a bunch of dumbass children. They're just dumbass children. Yeah. It, it, it's just dollar signs, and they're wearing their fancy suits, and it's just it's just money, Look. just complaining, and just okay. Just but dumb- let me ask you, I hear what you're saying, but let me ask you this, and I'm not I'm not saying that Phil Spencer isn't. He very much could be. He's coming across much more him and his company as much more of the adults in the room. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but they are also, my, to be fair, they are in a place of power. Yeah, when it yeah, comes yeah. To this, sure. This subject now, they have the thing that Sony is mad about. Yeah, they have the thing that Sony's mad about. You know, this does tell you a little bit, like how much <laughs> Call of Duty as a third-party <laughs> game, how much Call of Duty means to both systems. Like PlayStation is panicking. Oh, yeah. I've never seen them panic, so it means a lot to them. Oh, you would think, you would think, based off of this news, that PlayStation is losing. Like they're struggling, and this is going to be another hit. But they're dominating. I, I don't know. I, I just feel like I don't have a problem. Again, we don't know everything. We don't have all the insider information. But like I we're starting to get more than we've ever had because all these documents. Well, I have never, ever heard stuff like this go this public. ever. But yeah, maybe right. I just never paid attention. Well, there's, there, there's more. Let's keep going so we don't. Well, I, go think, go I think the EU regulator operates that way where they're like, we got to make all this public. So yeah, we we're going to consider the public's voice yeah. in this. Yeah. So they were accused of also maybe increasing Game Pass prices because of this acquisition. And Microsoft insisted that they're not going to be increasing Game Pass prices. That would uh, really just hurt their, their they would like hurt their user churn, the subscriber churn. So they don't want to do that. I don't think um, they can flat out say we're not going to do that though. Like insist- with inflation and everything. Right? No, nope, no, nope, specifically, they insist Game Pass prices 
will not increase as a result of Activision merger. That so they're going to well, have a different excuse. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, yeah, I agree yeah, with yeah. you. I agree with you. Um, so they definitely could. Um, here's another thing that they offered. So they keep offering Sony stuff. If you don't remember, they offered Sony a 10-year deal that they wanted to ensure was upholdable in court. So Sony could come back and let them have it, and they're like making themselves vulnerable to a lawsuit if they don't uphold their sure. end of the bargain. 10 years with, and they actually put in writing... Uh, content and quality parody with the with the Sony version of this game. We're gonna make sure it it's on par with our version. And then they just recently added on, or they told us at least about the idea of if you want, you can even put it on PlayStation Plus on day one. Oh, and like wow. they're even saying like you like we're trying to make this as equal and fair as possible. Now that was Sony, a political. Honestly, I think that saying that is a political thing because anything Sony comes back with. Is getting to make them look bad. It's totally oh, well, gonna Sony, make them look bad. Sony said, yes, but this could be relying on unsustainable licensing costs, which would force them to raise prices for PS Plus. So that makes sense they too. They're the saying, money. like, yes, you basically they're just saying, like, how much are you gonna charge us for that license to keep that I, on? PS I, I almost think it's as simple as just simply it, it, it's simply they just don't want there to be a cutoff. They don't want right. to ever not have Call of Duty. Like, because right. then it's like, after the 10 years, it's like, all right, well, yeah, but no more. You don't, like, get, you don't get that. I th I think what they're doing, especially as Tim keeps reading, like, people whine and complain about this stuff, but I actually, I understand why his gloves are on and he's throwing stuff. He just wants it all in writing. So the fact that he's saying all these things and making up these ridiculous arguments, he's still getting results from it. He's still getting yeah. more and more stuff in writing. So right. it's actually kind of smart on his part. Like I said, and I said this before, that he he's coming across as a whiner, but all he's trying to do is get the best deal he can mm. for his company. I think he already knows he's going to lose, meaning yeah, Xbox the deal's is gonna going go to go through. Yeah. yeah, I think he already knows it's going to go through. He just yeah. wants to get the best deal for PlayStation and I Sony see. before yeah. the deal is final. It's, it's just the fact that it's such a that. public back and forth. That's what it yeah. is. Like yeah. negotiations work this way. Like you have a standard, and if you just stick with it and you just keep going, eventually you'll get that person to get to right. that standard. But we didn't usually we usually skip all this and we just see this. We're getting to publicly get to see all of yeah, it. Yeah, what has I mean, it been like 17 years of Call of Duty every year, something like that, right? something Jeez. in that realm and so sony of course being one of the major places that this is played xbox too okay they're both really popular places to play call of duty of course but i think they just want to ensure i like what they're saying there because i think they want to ensure that their experience with getting call of duty on the platforms is not dramatically different than it has been they want to continue to be able to get it from a third party and they don't trust that microsoft will operate as a fair third party mm -hmm. because they're well if you can find a loophole that's what they're trying to well they're eliminate. citing starfield as an example of look how quickly they brought something to be just exclusive uh when they when they acquired something oh like sony never did that okay gotcha no, well so jeff you brought that up i've actually seen so many examples of people saying you mean this and they listed all the stuff that sony has acquired right. immediately yeah Everything yeah. was made well. They don't even set. own Square Enix, and and it's just their their buddy buddy. Like right. you know, Final Fantasy's just coming. Yeah, out but those are deals, and eventually it comes sure. over. I don't know if Star still not on Xbox though. Over. Yep. It's yeah, but I Xbox. know, but I don't but the, think Star. They're talking out of two sides of their mouth here. Like on the one side, they're I talking about talk how unfair like it is, how how unfair this is that Microsoft would make something exclusive. This is not fair. It's like well, they bought it. It is fair, 
and you do it all the freaking time. All the Spider-Man, time. Spider-Man, Wolverine, they bought Naughty Horizon. Dog. They bought Naughty Dog. They they Sony acquired Naughty Dog. Yeah, like right. that was not it's not They've like they came up studios, with, yeah. with everything. No. They acquired Insomniac, they acquired Bun like Santa you're gonna Monica. pretend like the next Bungie project won't be Sony exclusive. Come on. Like this is this Can is we a- just can we just talk about how dumb he looks with his mouth agape a little bit like that? Like, <laughs> 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 he looks uh, like he's he looks like he's staring at my tatas. It is. Oh, Lord. It is funny that Microsoft is running these full-page ads in the UK papers promoting this Activision uh, Blizzard merger, saying things like Xbox will bring Call of Duty to more than 150 million additional players. I'm like, well, maybe. All right, that's a little over. But they're running ads about this too, which I think is kind of funny um, to try to look like to try to pitch it to the public. Yeah, I think I think they're in the public forum at least. Microsoft's doing a really good job coming off like the hero. To anybody that's like doesn't really have a bias of one way or the other. Yes. Yeah. So everybody except Fat got it. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> He's he doesn't believe anything Microsoft's saying. For like sure. he still thinks Phil Spencer's the devil. Like right. I I like to think that in our podcast we typically devil. kind of wave back and forth with well this sounds like a jerk I'm not on this guy's side I'm gonna go with this like we kind yeah. of listen to the conversation and figure out yeah I just want to play good games man like I don't really care where it's at like I do I, like the I do like the drama uh, Sony oh, yeah. nom, Sony nom, nom. wanted I didn't realize this one of their big demands early on was they wanted there to be some assets sold off including the Call of Duty franchise and maybe even Warcraft so that way, before this acquisition happens, they can't have those big IPs. And then Microsoft mm. is basically Microsoft answered in a way that p- pretty much said, "Well, then what's the point of this merger? Why would we spend this much money without <laughs> right, those right. IPs?" Yeah, true, um, true. They didn't say that directly. But that's pretty much what the response was. How that's going to pretty much ruin the merger. But they wanted it. But it sounds like the EU Commission is very unlikely to demand any asset sales uh, for this acquisition. So it's unlikely. But that was something Sony pushed for. They tried to get. Call of Duty sold off to a third party, yeah. so it wouldn't be part of the deal. Not not likely to happen. And lastly, Sony's most recent claim is that all of Microsoft's updated offers, all the current things they're offering, including day one PS Plus, content parity for 10 years, whatever that is, they're saying that this current offer, this merger, would irreparably harm competition and innovation in the industry. Hmm. They will wow. no longer be able to create games well. If this happens, we will only have God of War, Horizon, Spider-Man, and <laughs> all these awesome games and Final Fantasy. Oh, we don't want to live in that world. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I hate this world. It's terrible. It does no, come off. It, I'm sorry. I know you, we mentioned this before. It just comes off a little whiny. It when comes you, off very when, whiny. It, it, it is. It does come it's very whiny. Yeah. But uh, like I said, I I think I know what he's trying to do. But it yeah, is very yeah. very whiny. Yeah, so there you go. We'll we'll keep you guys updated on our thoughts on this. Anyone listening to this, you probably already keeping track of it, but it's fun to talk about it and kind of get yeah. uh, our thoughts on After this. After some time drama. away from it, it's bye, Jimmy. Bye, Jim, Jim. Hey, good good round, buddy. You fought well. <laughs> you uh, fought those jugs real well. I mean, well. you were up God. in the boxing ring fighting against no one and punched yourself a few times, but otherwise you're fighting. Yeah, Bazooka well. Joe down there with his, uh, <laughs> Spencer down there with his yeah. rocket launcher. Hey, <laughs> Speaking of watching, I did want to say one of the things I'm catching up on these days is Rocky One and Two. Uh, hey, they're, on, uh, they're on Netflix, you know. So it's, I never watched them. So I'm watching them on Prime. They're, I think they're all over the place. Um, but I'm watching them on Amazon Prime. I oh, they're on Prime too. Holy crap, man! That's when I fired crazy. up the first one, I realized like I think I've only ever seen clips or maybe like 
Do you remember back in the day on TV, if there was, especially when there's no more football on, they would just have movie matinees on the weekends. Like they would even call it that. I've seen big chunks of various Rocky movies over the years because of things like movie matinee or TNT or American movie classics or whatever. Someone's playing one of these movies. I don't think I've ever seen any of the Rocky movies from start to finish purposefully. I've seen them all in bits and pieces. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. and I'm generally aware of the storylines and when Mr. T fights and when, Drago fights and whatever. So I thought, you know what? I want to catch up on these Creed movies too. I'm just going to get the whole, I'm just going to do the whole series. So I started with Rocky one and two this past week. I got to say, I think Rocky one is still an excellent movie. I think hmm. it's really good. It, it holds, holds up way up. It's, it holds up really well. It won, it won best picture against like really heavy hitters that year. Like wow. yeah. presidents men. Like, yeah. For really. a reason. Yeah. Well, the I movie was literally an underdog story. In every sense of the word, because Stallone what's great about it is wrote I, it out of nothing, and he yeah, was nobody then. He was and he nobody. had to pitch it to yeah. so many people. I mean, yeah, it was. It's a true. It's well, it really is a true underdog story. What I love about it too is that like there's an element of just there's this humility and this like, hey, I'm not a smart guy. I'm just a normal guy that like gets mm-hmm. made fun of and parodied and kind of redone and rehashed so much over the last several decades. But this is one of the original ways of telling that kind of story. This kind of like. Right humble hard worker who doesn't expect much is really not expecting to win is just kind of like trying to of, do his best by his people in his city and his family yeah and he's also and kind of dopey too which he's makes dopey. which adds like to there's his, a like, part in rocky too where yeah. he doesn't understand what they're asking like and so he and like anyway there's yeah, yeah there's clear moments where he just misunderstands words and he's just not the smartest right and uh and and Sylvester Stallone actually acts that quite well he does a good job in this role um he's say, stupid Say what you want about Sly. Uh, he's he's pretty, he's a pretty good actor at times. Um, but anyway, I still I think thought... performance wise, his best was like in that era was like First Blood. Like, that, I mean, that movie is just Rambo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rambo one. First, Amazing. First. Dude, those Rambo movies. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that movie had Rocky, something to say. I thought Rocky one was really good, and I recommend. I think it's a great throwback movie that holds up really well. Yeah. And um, uh, anyway, I thought I thought it was great, and I thought Rocky two was. Good, but really just retells that first story again. Except, yeah, except he wins this time. Is that what it is? Basically, yeah. yeah, yeah. Basically, I still and haven't seen any of the sequels except for I skipped two through five. Watched six, which is really good. It's just called Rocky Balboa, and he's older, and his son is like, "Stop fighting! What are you doing? You're yeah. old." That's the hell. one I think I saw. Maybe it's that good. Was the one I saw. It's really good. Um, but uh, then I watched all the Creed movies, which are all excellent. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm with you. I, Rocky, I didn't. I didn't see until like five years ago for the first time, maybe something yeah. like that. Like it was very recent that I watched. For it. some reason, I always thought the scene of the kids following him up the thing and celebrating was Rocky one. That's in Rocky two. Oh, in Rocky, okay. In Rocky one, he does all that training solo and he gets up there and he's cheering that, that classic shot of him at the top of the steps with his arms up, you know, oh, okay. mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. that's from Rocky one, but he's all alone. He's just training really hard. Do, that's the whole montage. They do another montage in two when his wife finally supports him. Cause she doesn't want him to fight. And he's having a hard time training. He's not doing well. It's very much a soap opera with a fight at the end. The second one. It's just a lot oh, yeah. of character development and relationships and mm-hmm. and trying to. And you've got Apollo Creed, who in the first one was just a businessman and really didn't have any hatred for Rocky. He was a, just some random dude. He literally picked him out of a book. I like that guy's name. Let me fight this guy. He's a local hero. Let me give this guy a shot. He wanted to tell a story of like the super superhero champion letting some nobody have a shot and he randomly mm-hmm. picks rocky out of a book of fighters that's right. literally how it happens and in the second one he's pissed off and wants revenge and wants a rematch because everyone's like hey you won but rocky really took it to you like you're not the fighter we thought you were so 
The yeah. second one, he's mad and wants a rematch and kind of forces Rocky into it. And then his wife finally gives him like the go ahead, like I want you to win. Like she's finally supports him. Then he does the big training montage. Then the ridiculous scene of all the kids in the city like following him. And at at one point they're running down like a six lane road, but there's no cars on it, and they're all just running <laughs> in this huge crowd following him, oh, and they all so cheer so with him. So they emulated that a little bit in Creed, the first one, um, where he's running down the street. It's a much smaller alleyway. It's not that, um, but it's it's like he comes across these kids that he ran into earlier in the movie and he's just like hey man yeah i'm training like what's up and they just start riding their dirt bikes behind him it's such a freaking cool scene though yeah like it's not as corny as that sounds like it's uh, something about it was yeah yeah, man creed took all those corny elements uh, the for three movies so far took all those corny elements from them and modernized it and made it actually cool like it's really impressive how they did that because i skipped those sequels for a reason like I heard they were really corny and just not good, so I just ignored yeah. it. Is two I'm, good though? Two sounds like it's uh, two. Decent. Two is good. Two is a pretty okay. good movie. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it but, is it is pretty much Rocky One retold, just with mm-hmm. like some different motivations and things holding him back till he finally pushes forward. The first one yeah. has different things holding him back until he finally pushes I think, forward. I think four is the Drago one, and that's the one where there's like a robot in it and stuff. Like it's very eighties and very corny. Someone told me no, no. I heard it on the podcast. Someone said. That four has a director's cut or some kind of cut that actually makes it a much better mm. version of that movie. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I don't know. I don't I've know heard if that's across the board that five is trash. So yes, I, I've I heard don't that know. too. I don't I've know if I need to watch that one or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know which is Hulk Hogan in that one. Is, <laughs> is, that, Hulk, is that Hulk Hogan in five? I think he's in three or five. I th- I could swear he's in one. I at least want to watch through four because I know that uh, Drago's family connection comes back in Creed 2, and I want to see. Creed too. He fights so. Mr. T in three Thunderlips. He is in Hulk Hogan is Thunderlips. Did in you say Thunderlips? Yes, that's his name mm. in three. Thunderlips. Thunder yep. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. uh that's Derek's stripper name, I think. Um. <laughs> Goddamn right, brother. <laughs> so the third one is really when it starts to jump off and yeah. way too in the deep end of the '80s stuff, where it's yeah. like Mr. T and Hulk Hogan. Yeah. yeah. So Rocky movies have been fun. It's kind of a fun rewatch. Um, mm-hmm. I'm enjoying that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch all those. I'll even watch five, uh, but then I'm going to get into the Creed movies. I think by the time I get through all of them, we'll have an idea of Creed three would probably hit streaming, like maybe late spring, I would imagine, at least for rent. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. So maybe in about a month or a month and a half, I'll be able to rent Creed three and watch that. Man, one too. So it's, look, it's good. That. Two has a great story with Drago and his son. That's like, yeah, yeah I really want to see that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they have really no right to be that good for boxing movies. Like boxing movies, when they're good now, it, it's surprising every time because it's like, well, we've seen them all. We know what they are. Oh, I will say <laughs> that from Rocky One is a great example of how today's issues of um, essentially men coming on too strong to women. Hey, guys, that's actually not good. Like when they're saying no and seem uncomfortable <laughs> and scared, it's not like romantic to like mm. corner them until sure. they kiss you. That kind of happens in Rocky One, it and it does, was very it uncomfortable. Does. She ah. does not want to be there, and he corners her and makes her kiss him, and she kind of ends up saying, "How I actually get women." So, I don't <laughs> so like, her. there's definitely a moment so that I was that like, going for okay, right I'm, I'm, I saw it, and I was like, "Well, that or was definitely." Three, I get what I want. That was the 1970s. All right, that's yeah, very different. It was, from it was 77 or six or something. 2020s. Like that, yeah. See, see that, Dan? That's what I get. <laughs> she's not. She's not real. Bro. She's, not, she's, she's not real. real. 
She threw it at me, damn it. Derek's like, tell it to my body pillow. All right. Um, <laughs> I love that. I, I've been rewatching a franchise too. I'm actually on the last movie, Harry Potter. Oh, nice. The, the Hogwarts movie got me really in the mood uh, to watch those movies again. Yeah. And you can see it. I talk about it on current cinema too. But you can see a shift in the fifth movie when Daniel Radcliffe becomes an actor. Mm. When oh, he stops yeah, being that's fair. like. Yeah. He stops being like a child and stuff. I feel like he got a lot of time with Gary Oldman. He even said so in interviews that Gary Oldman was very stern with him about his acting. And that's when Daniel Radcliffe started actually like showing up as an actor to, to these movies. Nice. Um, man, you can see that shift, too, especially because the director changed for at movie five. And then that director stayed on through the rest of the well, franchise. Things get real serious from they the, really do. Lots of murder. The, the freaking dwarf, murder. the not dwarf. What is he? Uh, the house elf. Uh, Dobby? Yeah, Dobby. 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 Yeah. Yes, Dobby. Dobby. Yes. When when he, dude, that is the saddest part of so all sad. the movies. Uh, I just finished that movie, part one of Deathly Hallows, and I'm like, yeah. it's a horrible cliffhanger type of on, a moment. Dude. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's brutal. It's yeah. Um, <laughs> it's actually so it's interesting. So Tim doing uh, Rocky. Yep. Um, you're rewatching Harry Potter. Similar fantasy theme. I uh, am rewatching the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Nice. nice. So, yeah. um, that's that's got to be an uh, annual one for sure. That's a well, good. That's a great also, series. Also, because I'm hoping I, I I was hoping maybe you guys in the near future would be doing something Lord of the Rings, and I was like, oh, I want to I want to do a Lord of the Rings conversation. We totally will. We totally will. <laughs> I know um, Kyle would be 100 percent game for that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm in the. I'm, so I've been watch. I'm like watching them while I'm working, and I mean they're long ass movies. So like yeah. I'm watching them like in like portions essentially. So I I re I watched the extended edition of Fellowship. I had never seen the extended edition. That is the definitive version for me. That's the that, only that, version I've ever seen. See, okay, so yeah. that was actually too much for me to be honest. <laughs> oh, I get it. That's the slower much. movie. Yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah, it's just it's literally almost four hours. It was like, oh my god, this is so much movie. It's like, like a season of a show. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. and it's not like I hated any of the like because I I was noticing I haven't watched these movies in a while, but I was noticing I was like I definitely don't remember that. Okay, so that's obviously new and that's new. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I wasn't hating any of that extra stuff, but I mean I don't know. I'm I'm I then am now onto Two Towers watching not the extended. And um, I don't know. I think maybe the pacing is better because of it. Like, mm, yeah, I don't know. Um, well, Fellowship was always a slower movie, but I always love the extra stuff. Yeah, that's fair. Um, well, I think if you're a mega fan, the extended versions make more sense. And if you yeah. are like, hey, I like this, but it's not my favorite thing. The normal versions make more sense. Well, so right? like outside of like comic book stuff, like these are my favorite movies. OK, um, all right. But I, I also you... never read the books, so okay. I don't have that Any attachment. Either. So that's the thing. Uh, I don't okay. think Kyle's read the books either, but he's a mega fan of the Lord okay. of the Rings. Yeah, so I, I love good. this trilogy. Like, I super love this trilogy. I just um, watched all six of them six months ago. But I, oh, I Hob- bought oh, the, like the Hobbit too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I watched the. I bought the, like the Blu-ray 4K because I wanted right. to see like yeah. the difference, and they they really like it. Really pops out. Like, yeah, yeah. you can see that it's dated technology yeah, but yeah it yeah. really pops out where i almost was like am i watching this in 3d like this stuff like all the 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 particles all everything's just like really sticks out it's a all six movies were a good fun time mm-hmm. i enjoyed i, my I still think two towers time. is the best of the whole thing yeah two towers so is far it's just a I compact mean, like it's such i'll a be show. honest great the pace i still like and i think it's because they're newer i still like the hobbit movies i think it was the good. second the second one was my favorite 
and I think the third one had a lot, a lot of good action too. I, the second one was my yeah, favorite. the second one was my favorite of the bunch, but I was frustrated that they resolved that storyline in the first like ten minutes of the third movie. I was like, what the hell? The, uh, the climax of the second movie, where it's just them, it's that interaction with the dragon on the gold and him hiding. Like yeah. that whole scene is so good. It's so, well so good, man. Yeah, I Benedict Cumberbatch was on some crap when he did that. Yeah, man. He, was, <laughs> he was something else, man. Um, it's great. Yeah. But yeah, like the, the, but it was like the CG stuff that people were bothered, right? Cause like the Lord yeah. of the Rings trilogy was a lot of practical effects, obviously right. mixing in CG. Cause they had to, they had to obviously yeah. um, for a lot of it. Too. And they had a little, I feel, I feel like they had a little more grace with making the movie. Like Hobbit sure. was rushed because if they didn't make it at X amount of time, they lost the rights. Oh, okay. um, so they kind of forced Peter Jackson to do it when he didn't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I it, still thought it looked yeah. good. Everything looked. I still think it looks decent. Sometimes it's a little too rubbery for me, much like the Matrix sequels. So I mean, you know, not not the recent one, but like two and three or more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes. A little Gumby, a little Gumby yeah, with the. A little bit. Um, yeah, it's it's they're just they're freaking good, man, and it's just I th- those characters are great, and there's just a lot of like. I don't know. Like I, I start. There are moments where I like start to feel teared up, especially in in Fellowship oh when God. after you leave Moria. Uh, no, I'm so sorry. I, I mentioned the word tears. Yes. Don't play Tears of the Kingdom, by the way. Push past Just push past it. Yeah, you just um, have to do what Tim does. Just but in, in Moria, exist. in the Moria part, obviously at the end of that, and then they're all just like outside of Moria, and, and Frodo's just walking away, and he just looks back. He's like, dude, oh, fuck. He's oh, like, fuck this God. shit. Like f all of this. Like I don't. Oh, want to would never edition. say that. He, he says that in the extended edition, doesn't he? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> very uncut version. <laughs> I, 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 I think that. the better, the bigger emotional beat is uh, the end of Two Towers with with Sam's speech. That sure. I think too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The montage. Then, of, that's why I love that movie, start to finish. I just. Dude, oh yeah. Then, and then in Return of the King, when when Sam is like Frodo, I got you, I got you, bro, and he yeah. he picks, it just, oh my god, dude, like and he's so carrying, good. like what because without Sam, then none of I mean that was all guys asked. that was pretty much me to Derek during our early podcast days. I was like, I will carry <laughs> you. Carry up this mountain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it was when he was falling asleep. We were carrying Derek. Yeah. While, yeah. When he was falling asleep. <laughs> um, guys, let's wrap it up with. Any other additional new thoughts on Octopath? I just want to mention about one real quick. I'm Sick. start. I'm getting ready to start chapter fours for the characters uh, in Octopath Traveler. One, love it. It doesn't have as many compelling stories as two, and I can say that even just based off the demo I played and hearing you guys talk about it. But there are probably... Every character has at least one or two in- interesting chapters. Like, hey, that was a cool little compact yeah. story they told right there. Yeah. Um, and then there's probably two, maybe three, it depends on how it wraps up, that have overall compelling stories that continue through. So yeah, I, I do think it's it's worthwhile if you like the style of game and you like these stories, they, they do a good job with it. It's a lot of on-the-nose writing, but, you know, it is what it is. Like, there's some cheesy... Like, when a character says something like, oh, I'm pretty... Like, his stomach growls and he's like... Time for me to get some vittles. And it's like, you don't have to say vittles. Like, you know what? Okay, it's fine. Like, he's trying to sound like quaint and I don't know. I mean, that's better. I, vittles, I like better than jejun. Yeah, he did say <laughs> jejun at some point. Bromatic, bromatic. <laughs> so, anyway, I, I, your experience uh, is bromatic. But I'm, I, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. So, yeah. uh, so I am, I actually switched from two to one because I was hitting some roadblocks in two that I just, I knew I could push past them if I just actually studied the game a little better. And I feel like one would help me study the mechanics a little better. Mm. So I actually backtracked and went to one. 
Uh, I'm still in chapter twos on like all the, not all of them, but like I only left, I only have two chapter twos left in the second game. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm stick, I'm, I'm going to stick with one kind of like Tim's doing. Um, I'm already noticing that it's easier and scaled a little better. Like mm. it, I just feel like it's a little more welcoming to noobs like me who have never really played turn-based RPGs that seriously. Um, so I feel like I'm learning it a little better now and, uh, beating the hell out of people way easier. Like, I don't know, man, I just, something about it. I've adjusted better with one. And I feel like by the time I go back to two, I'll be like, all right, now I'm going to take down this stupid ass <laughs> boss. Like I'm going to be so ready. Um, yeah, yeah you're I right though. That's... The stories are very on the note. They're on the nose in both, but, but more so in one for sure. Yeah. Cause they're, I feel like they're padding some of the scenes to be yeah. like, look, this is a scene guys. Look at all the padding we did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and some of the stories are, are really like interesting for sure but not immediately like some of them you mentioned the apothecary who's just like i'm just gonna go heal people how about that yeah yeah uh that's not really that compelling i'm sure his journey eventually takes him in more interesting places yeah, the apothecary in two is pretty interesting yeah that, whereas that the warrior in both one and two is awesome he's yeah. got a cool kind of revenge he's got like a gladiator type story where people don't really know that he's a knight that's fallen out of grace um he's kind of kept his identity from people um, but then he stumbles upon some st- some thieves that uh, know the person that backstabbed him. Uh, so he's like, well, I, I got to leave and find this guy now because I know who he is. You know, I know I know where he might be. Um, and that's a cool story, too. There's um, I think the scholar has a quasi interesting story, too, uh, mm-hmm. where he's got to, like, find the books that are missing from the archive. But yeah. they are containing knowledge that could be considered questionable by the school mm-hmm. that he teaches at. Um, I haven't gotten the cleric though, and the uh, the hunter yet. Uh, so I got six people. The hunters is pretty good. It's like you know trying to find your your mentor who went mm-hmm. missing. It's that that type of a story. The, you figure out the, what happened to him. The cleric, just reading the description on Wikipedia, sounds like it's kind of like the I don't know. The main lore of the story is from the cleric. Oh, okay, yeah, that, that might be true. I don't. Remember yeah, like the priest or whatever. I don't know what they're called. The dancer story is pretty good. It's a story of revenge. Dancer story is good. I'm like, how can you write a dancer to be badass? Come on, bro. Yeah. But it is a good story. It yeah. is. That it is primrose? really good. Yes, primrose, it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's you guys it is, still don't care about Agnes for two. Yeah, I'm hers not. is more like the apothecary's reason in the first game. She's just like, I just want to go be a star, and that's it. Like, I just want to dance. Care. I just want to dance. I just want to dance. I just want to dance. Screw the guys, man. I just want to <laughs> dance. It's an old Dane Cook bit. Yes, yeah, so uh, I want to throw my <laughs> shoes and my pocketbooks, and I just want to dance. I will and say that for the will taser them. For the apothecary, so far I finished his third chapter, and the first one was like you said, kind of cheesy, and then he's just like, "I'm gonna go heal the world." It's like, all right, Particio, like whatever, buddy. So it's <laughs> yeah. a little bit of that. They definitely forced his way out of. But the this, village. his second yeah. chapter is good. He starts to encounter the fact that there are other apothecaries, and they are not good like you are. There's right. that. And then the third one, he he feels like um, everyone deserves to be healed, and he's kind of learning. The, he kind of learns the hard way. No, they don't. Like there are some bad people out there who you should not go out of your way to heal them because yeah, they're no, bad. They deserve it. That Hitler. is, that is interesting. Heal Hitler. So like it's, to me, it's more like his, his is more like personal growth as he thinks I need to help everyone, and over time he's learning like no, you don't. In fact, some people need to be stopped. Yeah. So uh, I, I I find his story to be interesting, even though it's not like yeah. a strong thread. It doesn't start strong. Yeah. It's not a strong narrative thread. It's more like, yeah. oh, these are interesting little lessons he's learning as he's, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, the the, only, like the last thing I'll say is uh, jumping from two to one, 
helps me notice the quality of life things that they added for two. Uh, namely, the visuals yeah. do look slightly better, even though they already look good. Right. Um, and the gameplay uh, with the controller and stuff, uh, it's a little more intuitive in two. Um, the op like the optimizing your equipment, for example, it's just one button. It's one button in two. That's it. Whereas in oh. one, I have to go in every character, every single character. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. And it doesn't automatically equip. Which is annoying because you got to swap characters a lot, and so that is annoying when you're doing that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. I'm an optimized guy. I don't. I don't care to manually change equipment. Oh, I, I'm all up in there. I'm all. Up uh, in I'm. There. I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> you are, Dewalt. Let I'm me tell you something. Uh, let me tell you something about being in there. I like uh, to go in there raw. And then uh, the, the <laughs> writing obviously is the main improvement in two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every character with it's a, like a through line. with only a couple exceptions yeah. have immediately compelling stories. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. um, Didn't you guys say they have like these combined quests they do too, which sounds they cool. do cross paths. Yeah, I haven't even yeah. gotten to that yet. Um, I did. I did, I did, I did two of them. They're really fun, but they're very okay. easy. Yeah. Um, well, they're lower level. They are. They're like okay. sixteen. By the time one of them, unlock, one of them is like, even using a boss fight. Like one of them's just like go look for a treasure, and I'm like okay, and then we did, and then nothing happened. <laughs> cool. But it was still a cool interaction between the thief and the, um, the cleric. It is interesting though, hearing you. So like you're saying, this is kind of like a real for, like first foray into the turn base, and you're going yeah. you're going from like two back to one, and just kind of hearing your like sort of like thinking about that whereas like i'm just it, it, to me because i'm so used to with jrpgs because you're saying it one's easing you into it a bit better a little bit yeah but yeah. because i've been playing these type of games for years like again like the way i'm the way i play these games is like yeah like my mindset is like i'm gonna grind even if the game isn't necessarily pointing me to do that like i'm yeah. just gonna kind of go off I the beaten path a little bit and I'm going to I'm going to, you know, like I said, it's still a little bit of extra money because Particio has that ability. Um, I, I have uh, um, uh, is a uh, what is it? Um, oh, what's his what's his freaking name? The the mage dude, Oswald. No, Oswald. Yeah, yes. Oswald. He's great. Um, he, he can mug people at night. So I just started. Yeah. Doing that. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm taking people's like coin. Purses you have to beat them I'm, up first, though, right? That's is yeah, that the yeah, one yeah, you have yeah. to beat them up. Yeah. Yeah, you too. But like, by the way, Dan, is that ability called collect? Is that the one you're talking about? Collect. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Collect. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm thanks, like mugging thanks, people. PC. <laughs> thanks, PC. Um, and we I'm don't, we their... don't say mug. Yeah, we, we don't want to discriminate against mug root beer or mugs. <laughs> No, no, I think I think mug is separate. I I just think there's an in battle no, yeah, ability yeah, yeah. called collect. I know. Okay, right? I know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, now. yeah. We, we don't to, say mug. We have to spend we only SP, pay yeah. No, that mug is separate. That's a good one. Oh, you could say you could. Dude, you know what's funny is like if you go into a town and then you're like, I want to buy something, but he's, they're asking like if you use the the merchant and you try to buy something from him. It's, they're gonna charge you like a hundred thousand or something for this yeah, crazy yeah. weapon. You're like, I'm just right. gonna bring in my thief then and steal because <laughs> yeah, exactly. this is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, or I, I like that, that you can the first one too, where when you're the apothecary, you can inquire everybody. There's yeah, no, yeah, yeah. there's no, oh, you're too low level, and you're gonna you're gonna mess this yeah. up and lower your reputation. There's none of that, but yeah. um, maybe that maybe that's a good change though. It's not sure. It shouldn't be that easy. Yeah. Know? Yeah. But I just I, I like all those little like nuances of doing things like that. And that and that yeah. is what kind of makes me be like, all right, well, I'm not going through this as fast as I probably should. But mm -hmm. I am getting like some good equipment early on. So then as I'm going yeah. through it, it is like easier because, like I said, I, I was fighting that that boss from Chapter two, Hikari. And I was like, oh, I killed him in like five hits. But yeah. then I but then I realized there's like there was that was the first round just. oh that was the first round that was yeah. just oh, that when i beat him well then like, that explains it yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then it and then a cutscene happened i was like oh i see what's going on here okay yeah 
And then so he I swiped died once. His first hit is swiping. I still don't know how in yeah. the first game you yeah. played for so long and didn't build up your whole team. I don't know how yeah, you did that. I don't, maybe, maybe I did. Um, I don't remember. Um, I'd be curious if you opened up your save to see what, what yeah. it looked like. Because it maybe had been I, a while. I know what I'm doing now. Like, I told you all last week, so I won't go over that. Like, I pull certain people in my party that are lower level if I'm going to go do their mission next. Same. But the yeah. other thing I've been doing a lot right lately is there's certain areas of the map where I'll literally just run in circles at night. And I'll just run in a circle. And then I'll fight. Like, I'm doing it right now because I have three characters that I need to level up at least eight or nine levels. And so I'm running in circles. I'll fight. And then once they start getting beat down, instead of using my items and stuff like that, I just run right into the town. Yeah. And I stay at the inn for $200. And all my SP and all my HP automatically heals. And then I go back out and I run. And because the battles are so fast, yeah. Although these are taking a little bit longer because I'm fighting level 28 enemies and the only person in my party that's high is Throne because that's the, my main character and she's level 40. Everybody else is like 18, 19, and 20. Right. So they're struggling the whole time. I'm like with Throne, I'm like, all right, let me heal all you guys again. And then they'll hit the the enemy and it's like 30 hp i'm like thanks guys you guys are all <laughs> hey at least they're breaking down that shield right they're breaking down the so shield. I, don't, I don't know if the second game has the right pacing like this i assume it's improved actually but so far in the first game now that i am to chapter fours i haven't really had to spend a ton of time running circles no. and grinding i, I do i'm doing this because i want my characters op totally i totally get that but i'm just saying like usually if i do what what Derek said, and I do this, I usually try to do this, where I, I bring a party to this one person's chapter, knowing which chapter or two I'm planning on hitting after that, and I want to make sure that they get up to snuff, usually going through that travel to get to that place, and then going through that know. chapter, get, bumps them up a few levels, and then they're mm -hmm. ready for their chapter. And you just kind of keep cycling them through. So I've got... Tim, do you my explore, main... like, to get, like, chests and stuff? Yeah. Are, like, out of the I, way? Because, yeah. I, I, yeah, that's what I do that, yeah, that gets probably, me enough enemies. You I know what I mean? I run about a dozen battles in like yeah. the areas as I'm working my way through them. So it's probably about right. a dozen or so battles total. Yeah, exactly. By the time you, you get level there, you're good. up yeah. pretty fast. Like yes. until you get to which higher is instant levels, healing, which is nice between. Yes. So oh, yes, that's one of the things that this, for me, the grind has not been a big deal. Again, mm -hmm. I haven't had to grind a lot and all the grinding I've been doing is because that's how I want to play. Cause I like to not be frustrated by bosses. So I like having Throne. Right now, Throne is a level 40. Oswald's like a 37, 38. Hikari's like a 36. And the reason I'm telling you all this, these are my main guys. And then uh, the clergy guy, I forgot his name. He's like a 33. Temenos. Temenos. Yeah, so those four, I can take them in any battle because right, right now, like, I'm in Throne's. Her level is 31. So I'm nine levels above for her story. So that's why I like I like doing that because when you go in there, you just absolutely obliterate these people. Like I did have today I fought uh for story two, chapter two, I fought Terra, a big beast boss that has a ton of HP, and that one actually got pretty tense. Like it got to a place where 
because that boss has the ability to like i think it stomps and it pushes two of your characters out and you're you lose access to those two characters they're not knocked out they're out of the screen uh-huh. so you cannot use them until you um daze tara so in Terra, right. usually yeah you break have to break out. her and daze her so it like, happens with the dog in like uh the uh, was it Particio's chapter two i think yeah where like he will he'll bury no 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 it was might have been a different boss but like you one of them buries your uh, snatches your yeah you know, allies and buries but it's them just one and person dates them and then they come back out but they yes. lose health when that happens so like yes yeah, so that's what that was what made that difficult because it wasn't just like well i'll just revive them or heal them or something like that i had to quickly and strategically get this uh I had to break the enemy. So, anyway, so the boss fights have been, even with me, like, over-leveling, which, by the way, I still agree with you guys. The minimum requirement is bullshit for most of these. Um, If it says 15, try to go into it at 18 to 20, Mm. um, especially if you're going to fight the boss. But, like, I feel like a lot of the bosses have still been fun, but not frustrating. Challenging, but not, like, too easy. Uh, are too annoying so I, i've enjoyed my time with this game i'm 33 hours in and i've only been angry at one boss and that was the one i talked about last yes. week yeah that other than that everybody hurry. else i've wiped out with no yeah. problem yeah yeah it sounds like um two improved in pretty much all the right ways on one which is awesome that's what you want to see with a sequel right don't mm-hmm. don't try to change something that's not broken just for the sake of adding a new thing in, like just do better versions of what you do. I, I love that. So I hope that that continues. Square has other games and probably other new IP. They can experiment with battle systems and other things. Like I like the idea of keeping Octopath generally the way it is. Maybe what you guys talked about, maybe have a centralized main story where by yeah, the time yeah, you get yeah. to chapter threes, it does kind of combine and then chapter yeah. fours, it's I like, think, like maybe, but if they make uh, a third one, I think they could still. I think it would be smart to keep the core mechanics the same, but I think you could add little twists to the gameplay. You don't yeah, want it to could. literally just be in it identical. And I think that's yeah, I agree. why some people were like, two's great because one was already perfect gameplay wise, but I wish there was some changes. So I, I, I can see why you would want that. I think it's, you're talking me, it's about more 60 about, to 80 hour adventure. I mean, it's more about like, give me more classes, more weapons, more tactics. Yeah, give me something groups. that feels a little more fresh. Yeah. I, I just think they really focused on the biggest criticism of one. And that was the that all the stories weren't that intriguing. Um, and yeah, I think the they writing really, better. Yeah, I think I they think. really focused on that. And they I did, think in the third better. one, if they do a third one, which I imagine they will, I think so. they will probably try to make some twists and changes probably to the gameplay or maybe yeah. the worlds, maybe open up the worlds a little bit more. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think they might um, more with classes because the classes, I think, are identical between these two games. They are it's the same yeah. eight classes. The idea of getting them as subclasses is the same. Learning your skills is the same. Um, it's just, yeah, there's yeah, ways I to still love it. just exploring and and there some of them are hidden like the one in the beast girls jungle area 
I had no idea I was walking into finding her secret class or not her secret yeah. class, but the, the second yeah. the second job. Mm -hmm. um, I, it was hidden behind something and I just walked into it and I was like, oh, cool. So I, I unlocked that. So it's it's yeah. been really cool opening up new jobs. I think I only have two jobs left to get. I only have two characters that doesn't have a second uh, type. Well, there, so. there are secret. There's like four secret jobs in both games, too that are unrelated yep. to the classes that you have. Oh, I, I'm nice. pretty sure I've, I, I found one because none of the characters are in this class. Nice. Yeah, there's like an inventor one. In, in yeah, I have the inventor. Yes, yes, I have the inventor. Nice, yeah, I didn't stupid. know that. Cool. Yeah, I think, um, I think they should go on the next one, like the route of uh, Final Fantasy V. Just have there be like 30 classes and then just whatever you like, you can kind of lean in and that And even like advanced classes, right? Like once you get yeah, this yeah, class yeah. up to a certain yeah. point, now upgrade from warrior to knight or whatever that Do looks like. Do you think they keep it? Uh, what I, I love would say the stupid. I, I think they keep it maybe simplistic because maybe they want guys like Jeff and I who haven't played these type of games as much and they don't want to overcomplicate this system. That could be one of their, their maybe. things that they're trying could to be. do. I mean, when I was talking to Kyle about it after we recorded Current Cinema, I, I had to bring up the game to him and he was like, yeah, the game actually is a pretty mechanically dense like there's a lot going on. Oh, sure. so he was he was telling me how how like he was actually impressed that I'm sticking with it because it's not my type of game at all. Sure. Um, but I feel like they're they have been easing us yeah. into everything, even the second one, even though the second one is adding stuff in there that's already present in one. I feel like they've I think been. That's how you you kind of keep incrementing. Like obviously, yeah. don't bombard in the third one. Don't bombard with like a whole whole bunch of extra stuff. Mm -hmm. But right. like adding like yeah you know, yeah extra. that's how you do it. Yeah, but I think classes. in general, this I, the break system is a good one. So keep yeah. that going. Like I still there's love there's one boss in two who's like, a, who's like a rare boss that somebody like Dan might try to fight. Who um, because I know you're a masochist with these games. Who uh, he uh, every time you break him, and then uh, then after he recovers from the break, his break it's higher. It's higher. Yes. Yeah, so you was, looked um, up that boss. That was a uh, uh, term uh, Temenos. Temenos's boss, right? No, I just Captain did Tim. one. There's where... an optional boss that's like it gets like insanely high. Like it starts uh -oh. at eight, then it goes to thirteen, and then it goes to like fifth. It gets well, insanely high. Each okay. Where yeah. maybe it was, I think it was Throne's mother boss fight that she starts out at six, and then I broke her a couple of times. Yeah, and it goes and then up, it jumped yeah. to nine. Yeah. But you're saying there's oh, an optional one that like goes yeah, there's an optional one that's like even higher that you're like this is stupid. How are we supposed I, to beat I, this person? I gotta, I gotta kill that one. I gotta. <laughs> you know, it would be cool as <laughs> if the third game went away from just more of this fantasy setting and included all kinds of different kinds of weapons mm -hmm. and either more modern steampunky or whatever they just like if they just try to sci -fi mix stuff it up in there like, yeah that'd be interesting because i mean they've done that in the i mean the final fantasy series like there there are plenty of those games like it starts with it's like fantasy or like steampunk and then like some sort of civilization gets to, you know that's been hidden away for yeah, x yeah, reason yeah. like suddenly yeah. it's like oh now it's unveiled and you know they could they could do something like that yeah. you know yeah. be interesting but all right that's been my main game yeah, yeah, same, same here. I've been mostly playing that. A couple demos here and there of other things. So that's my, I, I really want to wrap up one and then uh, then can get it to a few other things before Resident Evil 4. I'm going to buy And one. I want to finish up Hogwarts yeah. Legacy, which that's what I'll close on real quick, is three quick fighting tips that I learned in Hogwarts Legacy, mo mostly from in-game tips, but also just from like piecing together the challenges they give you. Um, if you're fighting 
the big spiders. You guys might know this, so if this is obvious yeah. to you, I know this, no big deal. If you're fighting mm. the big matriarch spiders, which they don't shoot at you, they're the big purpley ones that come up close and they rear up for like back-to-back attacks. Just have your descendo, which is like the purple attack that points them down, have that ready. And as soon as they're in the air, you do that and you shove their fangs into the ground. They get stuck for like 20 seconds. Oh, man. And they're just like stuck that they can't move. And then you can either attack them or go attack all the other things around them. And that leaves you alone for a little bit. So no, once, I I, them once I figured that, I was like, that is so cool that they like someone thought of this idea like that descendo spell I thought was only good if you want to slam someone down like you've le- you've levitated them and now you want to slam them. It's good for like smashing these spiders down as they're rearing up to attack. Uh, I think I talked about this and I might have talked about this last week, but definitely in the chat I did where with those frogs that are spitting their tongue at you when they go to do that big long tongue attack you cast levioso mm-hmm. on them which picks them up by their tongue and they're dangling in midair and they can't move for a little bit and then switch over to your slicing spell defendo and slice oh. it out and it almost <laughs> instant kills them every time because they're really hard to kill they take forever and that's almost an instant kill so you just slice their tongue off and the last one is i was fighting trolls and outside of avada Kedavra, which is an instant kill if you happen to use that on them which is very satisfying but you can make them hit themselves in the head with their club without using the ancient magic. Mm. When they use the trolls have a couple different attacks. They have ones that are red where they're swinging like a baseball bat side mm-hmm. to side. So you just dodge those. But when they do two hands overhead, you can protego and counter it, which is usually what I did. But instead I dodged it. So as soon as he hits the ground, you hit flapendo and he'll hit himself in the head. Uh. And himself, Because <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. you hit him with a lot long. of damage too. It does a ton of damage, and they fall to a knee, and they're kind of like stuck there, and you can just start wailing on them nice. with attack. So those are just That's three so examples. Cool. Of they things. think of this stuff, and they don't explicitly tell you. You kind of have to experiment and figure yes. it out. Yes, and yeah. the, the, where I learned it was the challenges. It was like, hey, get a matriarch's fangs stuck in the ground or whatever mm-hmm. during a bat. Like the little challenges kick in. I was like, you can do that? How do you do Oh, So you start thinking of what spells would make that happen. Same thing. Mm-hmm. One of it said flip a troll's um, you know, club into its head. I was like, all right. So I tried. I tried a All bunch right. of things, but finally it flipped into his head. Anyway, that's what a fun. freaking cool game, man. Those are my oh two man, games. yeah, game such rules. a good game. All right, I know we went long, but this has been a fun episode. Lots of good stuff to talk about, and uh, hope you guys enjoyed listening, watching. Any words of wisdom from anybody before we sign off? Anybody? No. Want no. no. <laughs> wow. I just gave you some Hogwarts words of wisdom, so we'll stick with that for our closer. Everything, yeah. everything is cozier in Hogsmeade or whatever the hell. They say yeah. that's my life advice. My advice uh, is don't be bromidic or jejun. Oh, God damn it. Jejun. My advice is don't grope uh, fake lady boobas because that's still inappropriate. That's still inappropriate. No, it's so. not. You would pop those things. <laughs> it popped. Those, what was that? I popped those. <laughs> the sound effect would just sound like making a balloon animal. Pop, pop. When you grab those. That's all it sounded like. All right, guys. Thanks for listening and watching. We'll see you.